Hey, it's Dan here. If you want to hear this episode of the Backchat Podcast without ads and get extra content that no one else gets, head to backchatstudios.com.au where you can sign up as a patron and access all of our bloody good merch. Normally, being a little extra can be a bit much. But when it comes to healthcare, it pays to be extra. And United Healthcare makes it easy with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they supplement your primary plan, helping you manage out-of-pocket costs without the usual requirements and restrictions like deductibles and enrollment periods. So when it comes to covering your medical bills, you can feel good about being a little extra. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. certain special thing happens to every human on earth. Christmas. Well, if you're Jewish, no. <laughs> certain, <laughs> certain holidays are celebrated. No. Okay. L'chaim, though. Oh, 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 boy. But once a year, <laughs> it's your birthday. Yeah. Okay? It's not Backchat's birthday today, which we will have a very big Backchat birthday. We're pretty close to Backchat's birthday. Yeah. It's not my birthday. When um, is your birthday? You were there not that long ago, and you just flung oh, feces at me the entire time. Not literal, that. but just my birthday consists of twelve friends just abusing me yeah. for for two you. hours. We yeah. love you, but it's somebody else's birthday today. It's not Charlie's. Nah, nah it's coming up though. <laughs> what <laughs> is your birthday, Charlie? It's, it's in February, February twenty sixth. Yeah. He's just not bad. That in nicely. <laughs> you just missed a leap year there. You yeah. just missed. No, but it's your birthday before. today. We Mine. record on a Monday. Mine, me. Mm-hmm. Bill, Bill Schofield. Yep. 33. Yeah. Happy birthday. You know what? Shake hand. <laughs> there you go. Shook hands for all our listeners, but our watchers, you saw that. Yeah, there was a bit of silence, but we were shaking hands. Uh, yeah. Massive episode of Back Chat. Yeah, it is. Today. Yeah. I've got to be honest... Our guest, um, who is Mitch Johnson? There's, I don't, we don't no, need no, to do no. that. No. Full promote. Yeah, yep. it's Mitch Johnson, and I, I will, t- I will, this, I will say this to him when we get him in. I was a little, uh, it's not a surprise, but I, I did a bit of research about him. Mm. He is genuinely one of the greatest cricketers to ever play for this nation, and we will have him, have him in studio, yeah. back to studios. Yeah. It's ridiculous. Pretty bloody excited, to be honest. Speaking of Backchat, yes. we've got new social handles. Yes. You've rattled them off for weeks and weeks at a time. Now it's easy. Now it's easy. Because it was hard. Yep. Now it's easy. Yep. At Backchat underscore underscore. Mm-hmm. That's it. That's it. I would love to see I would love to see a bit of action. I would love to see a bit of social action, if I'm honest. Dan. Be honest. I would, I'd love to see a bit of... Tagging of Backchat in something funny. I would love to say, hey, Backchat, check this out. It costs you nothing. 
Hey, down at, I'm down at the local cricket oval. It's the finals. We're about that time of year. Mm-hmm. Have a look what this guy just did. Six for 16. Better than Dan Const. Yep. See if you can give us a bit of love. At Backchat, double underscore. Um, website's the same. Backchatpodcast.com.au. Email for you send it. We read it. One of the best segments in the game. Hello yep. at Backchatpodcast.com.au. Read it. Talk to us about Reddit, Dan, because okay. R forward slash or backslash one of those things, Backchat Podcast. Yep. That's our Reddit space. How's that going for you? Going well? It's going okay. What I like to do, we spend a fair bit of time making content for people. Yeah. We love it. It's yep. the best. Yep, absolutely. Couldn't think of anything better to do. Yeah, well, yeah. No, no, yep. legit. No, no, no it's, actually, it's actually pretty fun. Yeah. Um, occasionally I'll go on and I'll post what we do on Reddit. On various subreddits. If you don't know Reddit, it's basically an internet community, but you can sort of you can sort of aim in on certain things like sports or cricket or right. basketball. So that's Reddit explained to Anyways. you by someone who uses Reddit. Reddit Somebody who doesn't dummies. use Reddit, who's me? Yeah, it's a bunch of just absolute lunatics on there. Yeah, talking a fair bit of junk. Yeah, but it's enjoyable. It's enjoyable. So what I like to do is I go. We do an interview with, say, Greg Hire, for instance, sure. last week. You can go and watch that on YouTube. Mm. Just search Greg Greg Hire back chat. It's a very good episode. And then I go. You know, I think the NBL people, basketball people, might enjoy this. I'm Perth just going to share it. Perth Wildcats. Yep, mm. I will share it. There's been a couple of times recently where I've shared things and people haven't liked it because they're like, "Oh, you're just trying to promote your own stuff." Well, no. We spend hours making this stuff and I want more people to hear it because I think you'd enjoy it and that's why I publish it. I've recently been banned by r slash sports, which is the sports, general sports Reddit. How many people are... There's a hundred, I think there's 170,000 people in on that Reddit. And you've been And I've been banned from it banned. because I posted one video of something we did and I thought, you know what, this is really interesting. I think more people would enjoy this. The man that, that plays by the rules has been banned. Some moderator has Sorry. gone in and gone... That's his video, and we're banning him. I want to interject here. Yes, Charlie. Not 170,000 people in that. There are 19,639,000. Okay. Yeah, there you go. So you've been banned permanently. Yeah, I'm not allowed to post anymore. So do you know what? I'm calling out. I don't don't call out much to the Backchat community, but if you see something we do, share it around. Um, It helps. Let's get the eyes on our stuff. Yeah, we love the social interaction. YouTube. Mm. We again, I've said this before. We know how many people listen to this podcast as a podcast. We know how many people watch. I would love to the people that listen to just sign up to YouTube. Yep. No, I'm not pleading with you, not begging, but it it means something to us if you jumped on YouTube and subscribed to us. Back chat podcast. Just find it on YouTube. You'll be you you big boys and girls. You can find it over there. Don't worry about that. Also, a lot of people have said to me, oh, I don't use YouTube. I don't have a YouTube account. I don't <laughs> want to sign up. If you've got a Gmail, which basically everyone does, unless you're stuck in the Hotmail days, which you need to change that, you've got a YouTube account. Not taking that as an excuse. Don't have a YouTube account. Just like, no, seriously, no, imagine how many accounts you got. Like, you've got, you got so many accounts. You've got, you got a Gmail account. Just, you go to YouTube, subscribe, whatever. This partnership is continuing. Whipper Snapper and Backchat Podcast. It's a very good partnership. Little cheers for you, mate. Little yes, cheers please. for Scoey's birthday. Scoey's birthday. Um, very good whiskey. Yeah. Whipper Snapper Distillery in East Perth. One of the only sort of local, like CBD distilleries around. 
I want to lead this into a chat about Patreon mm. and our patrons because we've increased a little bit from last week and we appreciate the patrons that support this podcast. Yes. What we're going to do with every sponsor that we bring on, patrons are going to get access to a little discount code, Dan. Yeah, I haven't told right. you about this. That's what I'm going to do. That's what yep. we're going to do. Can I, can I just throw one at you? Okay. It's currently end of January. Yep. What comes up middle of Feb that comes up too fast every time? Um, I don't know. Uh, AFLW finals. Yep. Um, AFL, AFL pre-seasons in about week six post-Christmas. More important than that. Um, it's two weeks after my birthday. Yep. Valentine's Day. Ah. How often do you forget about Valentine's Day? Oh, it's Feb 13. I all of a sudden, I'm buying it. towels from Bed and Bath. Bed, Bath and Beyond. Because yes. you don't know what else to get. Charlie's nodding. Yeah. yeah no, Charlie knows exactly what we're talking about. What's the- <laughs> we're going to do a little special flower deal for people. With Fox Are we? and Rabbit. Fox yep. and Rabbit. Yep. For Wife Valentine's of Day. Dan Const, Fox and Rabbit. Yeah. I'm going to help you guys get your things in order so that you don't disappoint your partner on Valentine's Day. Men, for their partners, for their potential partners. Yep. Women. Yep. For their for partners. Themsel- and for themselves. And you know who else? Everyone's mum. Fox yep. and Rabbit. You know I what? You don't have a partner? Spoil your mum. You don't have a partner? Head to Albany like Charlie did and head on a little uh, voyage down there. Didn't work. <laughs> Didn't work. <laughs> Speaking of fantasy, well, we weren't, but our fantasy league, I am very, very excited about our AFL fantasy league. Now, we mm-hmm. know all about the AFLW fantasy league happening over at Moira's Magic yep. uh, slash aflwfantasy.com.au, but the men's game starting in about 50 days, and we are starting a back chat fantasy league. Yep, I've registered. Have you? Yeah. I didn't realise that. Yeah, I did. So when I went to go register in our league... Yes. My old team name from 12 years ago. Please. Do you want me to tell you my old team name? Yes, please. Be My Ballantine <laughs> was, was, my, was my old fantasy team. Oh! oh. <laughs> and that was, that, I used wow. that for years. Um, well, as you should have, because it's very <laughs> it's, good. The only way they're going to be any better is with an underscore. I will tell you that. Right. But Ballantine isn't playing anymore, so I've, I've changed team names. If you want to know what it is, you have to join our Patreon. Yep. You get the code. The prize is insane. Two grand final tickets to the 2022 AFL grand final. That is guaranteed. We did promote on social media that you may be in the running to win Sam's Tesla. Sam, who is our graphic designer, who is in the house today. Just no microphone. Just give us a whoop. There you go. (laughs) Sammy's Tesla is out the front. It is on the line per se, but we're not guaranteeing that as a price. Conditions to apply apart conditions. for that. But if you would like to play in the AFL, in all seriousness, if you'd like mm. to play in the AFL men's fantasy competition, jump to backchatpodcast.com.au. A little uh, banner will take you there. Or you can follow any of the links in the bios of Instagram, in Twitter, in my own socials. Dan, you got, you got links in your bios? I don't think you actually do. Um, Time you lift your game a little bit, mate. Yeah, I will. All right, if you want to get involved in that, two grand final tickets on the line. So what we needed to do is sign up to YouTube. That's separate. Jump on the website. Sign up to Patreon. Sign up to the Fantasy League. Charlie, do you have a fantasy team in this league yet? I haven't, but it's on the to-do list. It's happening this week. <laughs> we, okay. got, we, got, we got three people behind the cameras today. We got Charlie, we got Kat, and we got Sam. Kat and Sam, just give me a thumbs up, thumbs down if you have a fantasy team in our league. <laughs> oh, Sam does. Sam hey. does. Kat 
Cat says watch fantasy. Okay. We've got 50 days to work on you, Cat. We'll see you there. Speaking of 50 days to work on something. Yes. Players hitting the training tracks again. Yes. People meeting up at clubs again, at the footy clubs, and also probably Hibby Club, which is where you like to go. Um, People come back with new haircuts, new shoes, maybe a new tattoo. Tan. A little bit of tan. Yep. Mason Cox. (laughs) Collingwood Ruckman. He's come back with a little accessory. A forward Ruckman. Yep. Yeah, he's, sorry, he's not a ruckman. He's, he, a he's doing what Dan Cons wishes he could have done to the AFL, which is, one, train in sunglasses, but two, he is applying to the AFL to play games of football with a pair of sunglasses on. I love it. Wraparounds, you love it. Why do you love it? Because... I, because I'll tell you right now, I do not love it. I love it because um, that can become his shtick. I think he is borderline... Where he is like in and out of the team. Probably, oh, he certainly is. Yeah, he's out of the team. Probably right doesn't really deserve a spot, to be oh. honest. Yeah, okay. He has one good game a year. Yeah. And I think Collingwood like the whole thing that they've got an American coming and playing for them. It does good things with marketing, expands their market. But now he needs something. He needs a, he needs a thing. Could it pole vault him into cult status? That's what I mean. Quinton Lynch. Was the glove. He was. Was Quinton Lynch the best forward the Eagles had? He was not. No. But the moment he took off the glove and he threw it on the ground, the crowd went mental and they bloody loved him. All I can think of is Mason Cox taking a mark and the sun he's going up he, on the head. Just going up like this. Like lifting them up yep. and propping them up on his forehead. If he doesn't do that, it's a wasted opportunity. So I'm pro the sunglasses. You got When you don't have all the skills, you need to come up with other things. I, I tell you right now, I played against Mason Cox in the 2018 Grand Final and I and, and put a counter on that as well, Charlie. You didn't mention the amount of times I've mentioned the 2018 Grand Final. But... If he was wearing fucking sunglasses in that game, I would have smashed them off his face. What 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 is stopping a player like me putting my palm through his 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 sunnies, his Ray Bans or whatever he's giving me wear? What is stopping me from doing that? Your conscience, hopefully. My conscience. <laughs> <laughs> Do the right thing. Absolutely man. not, Dan. So- I, no, th- this isn't a fucking public. This isn't a train that you have to check your ticket and play by the rules. This is a competitive game where you're playing to win. If a player came out with sunglasses on his face, yep. I would smash them. I would try to smash them. I guess, yeah, I mean, if you're... I, I'm sorry, I, while, you, while, you're, <laughs> while you're talking, I was trying to think of Horace Grant. I had to confirm his name. Horace Grant. Yes. Played for the Chicago Bulls. Yeah, but he was that guy. It was with a the non-contact goggles. game. That was his thing. It's that's what, that's what I'm saying. He could wear them without the risk of someone tackling him to the floor and smash his glasses. Mason Cox, I love the idea, but... Uh, it's a no for me, Mason. It's a no, um, it, no, it's a yes from you. No for you, yes for me, because yeah. of the All right. thing. Uh, look, I've got on the run sheet to talk about Jack Darling. I did it to death this week. I, I will just say, if you want to have a look at it, it was on the back page of the paper. Mm-hmm. As, as media usually do in this city, in this state, in this country, they took something I said out of context, put it in a big-ass fucking headline on the back page of the paper. I gave three points of view. I gave my point of view as a player, as a teammate, and what I would have thought playing with Jack if I was still playing. I gave my point of view as a friend and as a person, as an as a, a observer, as your rights to make your own decisions and the fact that I respected that right to make a decision about your body or your finances or your job or whatever the fuck you want to do, to be honest. Like... You want to do whatever you want to do? Go for it. That's how I view everything. 
You want to you play by the rules, Dan? Play by the rules, mate. Yep. Do your thing. You we'll don't do. want to play by the rules, you go for it. I gave the, the, the club's perspective, so all of the options they have under the CBA. Now, the article was written and it was put in about five pages in, but on the back page of the paper, it basically said, Will Schofield, not quoted, would be incredibly disappointed. They take those two words out of my, I don't know, seven-minute monologue I did on it. If he was still Jack T- Jack Darling's teammate, and it was just a beat up in the back page of the paper, yep. so if you want to read about that, jump on the jump on there. We might chuck something up on YouTube, my full statement, because yeah, we'll, as we like promoting on here, full context is we'll get a beautiful, into it maybe beautiful another time. thing. And you know what? One day we get Jack on, and we'll t- we'll dig the whole story. Um, okay. I didn't like. Can I just quickly in- interject with that? I you didn't like when I saw the like the Eagles release a statement and they put it up on their Instagram. Like their post, and then the comments were like, "Oh, you better get the vaccine." Like when, when, like when it's fans going, "You better do this because I want your our team to be better." Don't like that. Anyways, let's move. Yeah, on. but that's that's a bit of what sports about. I think we should move on. If yep. you want to see my full take on it, you can jump on YouTube. Dan will have it up there at some point in time in the next four to five years. Yes, you I'm send it, we awesome. read it. It's a special edition of this because we have. Coming into studio, as we said off the top, Mitch Johnson, one of the greatest cricketers of all time. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm having a little it's look a hu- on the rundown for Sir Swamp's stats, Charlie, and I can't find them because I believe I deleted them. But He's got a very good batting average, and we will get the exact batting average in a Mitch second. Johnson, Mitch Johnson has done some big things for this country, and he'll be coming up after this because we're going to get straight into you send it, we read it. But what does Sir Swamp have him at the top of... All time, Charlie. So, uh, Sir Swamp has highest batting averages for Australian men's cricketers after five tests played. Right, so after the first five tests they play... So you can't just play one test, get a crazy batting average, and then be the best So five tests are decent. That's a decent way into the game. Yeah. Where's Don Bradman in that list? So Don Bradman's average is 67.4. At what number in Australia? 10. 10? Looks like. Okay, the Don. So it wasn't that good. Top 10, okay. (laughs) 10? Who else is in that list, uh, and what are their averages? Oh, so you've got guys like Mike Hussey at 85. The Hussmeister General. Jack Gregory, 73.7. Jack Gregory. Yeah. Peter Hanscom, 73.3. He's a batter. Yeah. Uh, Arthur Morris, 71.9. Old. Okay. Keith Miller, 71.4. Uh, Doug Walters, 68.3. Gary Cozier, 68. I don't know who these people are. Where's Mitch Johnson, and what is an average? Mitch Johnson. Comes out on top with 99. Numero uno. So 14 points ahead, well, 14 runs ahead of Mike Hussey. 99 runs after five tests. Mitch Johnson, the bowler. Probably top five bowlers this country has ever seen. He had the highest batting average of 99 after five tests. He'll be coming up after this. You send it. We read it. And our very much favourite of this podcast and a big friend of the family, Philip White. Here we go. I'll, Hello. Give him, I'll give him a tiling because he knows who he yeah, is. He knows, he knows what's good. Hello, Will, Dan, and Charlie, a.k.a. the Casanova of Perth. Oh. Okay. <laughs> Charlie's very happy. Yeah, very happy about that. <laughs> Much appreciated. Charlie does put together part of our run sheet and wouldn't be surprised if he just slipped that in there. Yeah. Anyways, so story time. This is Not from, the only thing he slipped in. This is from Philip White. Tiling. Story time. About a week ago, my son was going on an adventure to make paste in the Swan Valley. Now, when I first read this... I thought, I thought they went out and did pasta in the Swan Valley. He's just a typo. 
his son went out to make pasta in the Swan Valley, which right. is a very, which is a very good little thing I've heard about. Something to do on the school holidays. Anyways, my son called me after this adventure to tell me he'd made me pasta and it was going to be my dinner tonight. I love a good pasta dish, so I was excited. After a long, hard day on the tools, I returned home, really looking forward to the big, beautiful pasta dish. Now, I'm not sure who taught my son how to make pasta, but I'm sure three cups of salt isn't on the recipe, which is what it tasted like. Seeing my son, however, look at me with uh, expected approval eyes, I chewed that first uh, mouthful, swallowed, and gave him a big thumbs up. My son, with the question of, do you like it, Dad? I, I both mental and physically prepared myself to eat the whole meal. After I finished, I had to drink two litres of water to get the taste of salt out of my mouth. <laughs> I even considered going to the hospital because I thought my kidneys might give up. Oh, boy. I was in a lot of pain. So my question is, have you ever hurt yourself physically just so a kid's feelings wouldn't be hurt? Oh, I've got an answer. So while you... Right. I don't. That's a great little email there, Philip. Thank you for it. So um, a little while ago... Uh, my son Louis, who's you know three and a half, um, was in need of a haircut, and be like yourself. I just had one. It's oh, um, good. <laughs> um, when's the last time you went to get one of your a haircut? Yeah, boys, a haircut. Oh, uh, not that long ago. Yeah, it's 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 surprising how much you pay for a kid's haircut. Okay, twenty five, thirty bucks. Anyways, my wife thought I don't, we're not going to pay that. I'm going to do it myself. So there was a one. There was um, a day uh, in you know in the last sort of three or four months. I'm just I was at home. Don't know what I was doing. Beck runs in the room and she goes, "I need you to come into the kitchen now, and I need you to look at Louis' hair and tell him it's a really good haircut." And I'm like, "Oh, what have you done?" <laughs> so I walk into the kitchen, and Louis, it, it's it's bad, man. It's real bad. It's real bad. It's bad. She's used my beard trimmer. <laughs> what <laughs> to shave his to, not to shave his head? Sorry, to like sounds tri- like to shave his head. Trim, and it's looked like um, Noel Gallagher. Is that the guy from Oasis? I assume so. Sh- tiny, short fringe, long sides, bit of a mullet cut. Um, it looked awful, and I had to walk in the room. And go, mate, love the haircut, and he's there with the towel around him, excited about getting a haircut. It's been butchered. Let's be honest. It's been butchered, and that's the only thing I could think of. Where I had to no, go. No, that's you know perfect. What? He's had the bowl. Love the haircut, mate. Really good, and he's stoked. And you know what? Shame on you, Beck Const. Shame <laughs> on you. Dish out the twenty-five bucks and give little Louis a nice yeah, little decent, treat, a decent trim. How would you feel if Louis came in and cut your hair, Beck? I know you listen to this, <laughs> Chris. Chris has sent this in. Okay, uh, just Chris. Hey, Will and Dan, long-time listener of the podcast ever since the days of Jacob Brennan and Callum Sinclair. Eyes, eyes, eyes. This is a very, very big-time listener. My man, Chris. Just writing in to ask you if you guys in the future would be interviewing football content creators on YouTube. Just to name a couple like Caden McDonald and True Footy might be a good fit to grow the YouTube side of the podcast. Now, what Chris has done, I think he's just given promos to other podcasts. But that's fine, because our rule is you send it, we read it. The literal name of the segment is "You send it, we read it." You yep. want us? You want me to read? You want me to read an email that says Dan is a big piece of Do-do? no, no good something, something. I'll read it. Yeah, uh, very way. good. Uh, look, we have we have considered that, but uh, look, we got Mitch Johnson, one of the greatest cricketers of all time, on the podcast. So I'm just, the, the the lads over at the True Footy and Caden and the, and the boys yeah. just, just a little bit great people. Just a little bit below that. 
but that's okay. We've got things that we I'm need sure, to do. I'm sure we'll get to some point. Busy. Yeah, I'm sure we'll get to some point in this podcast where we... The We're guests. scraping them. No, I'm joking. <laughs> oh, we did Josh Gallup a couple of weeks yeah, ago. So. Uh, Shane. Okay. Hi, Shane. Hey, guys. Firstly, my apologies for the lack of underscore, underscores, underscore in my email address. It was Accepted. created years before underscore, underscores, underscore were important. Very good, Shane. I'll have to create... A new one now. Yes, he will. You may be aware that Daniel Ricciardo is back in Perth at the moment. Surely he would jump at the opportunity to get on the pod while he's in town. By the way... Well, let's address that first. No, finish it off. By the way, I believe it is now one all between Scoey and Dan as Scoey was bested by Peter Boll. And Dan, you were blown out of the water by Boland. Scott Boland, who, who had a crazy... How was I beaten by Peter Boll? Oh, he's Australian record holder. Yeah. yeah. Uh, fourth or... He's f- fourth or fifth... Fastest in the world at the moment. The the records just came, the the rankings just came out in yep. the eight hundred fourth fifth. No, he's quite world. fast. Very good. Yeah, I mean, I did it when I was seventeen years old. He's had ten more years running. Could have done it. Yep. Keep up the great work, but you didn't. Keep up the great and uh, great <sighs> and content, guys. All right. You want me to address the Daniel Ricardo thing? Yes. I haven't really told you about this. Do you even know what this? Caught up with Dan for about three hours the other day. Run and a coffee. Daniel Ricardo. I did not go for a run. He invited me for a run and a coffee. Mm-hmm. I said. Would love to do that. Don't back myself in to be able to keep up with you. Even though your profession has nothing to fucking do with running, yep. I am far removed from that. You were having the eggs Benny back at the cafe while he went for the run and met you at the table. Correct. So, look, I put it to him. I said, time for you to come back on the podcast. He's been on Backchat Podcast before. And he said, no. He <laughs> said, absolutely not. Uh, can't do it this time around. But we will make it happen in the future. What I did learn, though, I spent... Look, this isn't a name drop, but if I'm going to name drop, this is the man. Let's, I spent a bit of time with Dan. It was one-on-one, had a bit of a lunch, just mm. a bit of a catch-up. Been very close since we first united when we were about 17, 18 years old. I've never sat with someone at a lunch, at coffee, in nightclubs in, in Perth. I would say Nick Natanui, Ben Cousins, those sort of guys would be recognisable and... Whenever Dan you go Const. and do those sort of things, Dan Const, yes. Yep. Charlie the Bachelor. <laughs> uh, Just wait. Daniel Ricardo, every single person in the restaurant we were in yep. came for a f- selfie. Everyone. I'm not kidding. There was 20, 20 people. And then people were coming off the street, not ordering anything in the cafe to come and speak to him and sure. to get photos. I took about 15 of those. So hello to anyone in Perth that has a nice selfie of me smiling back at you. Uh, oh, very good. Yeah, the old yeah, switcher. I love doing that. Yep. I found the whole experience, um, I don't know, like not depressing, but like Dan Ricardo's life is not this this celebrity-loving, money-making, best-in-the-world type thing. Like he couldn't sit down for lunch to just – Look, I'm not his best mate, but like sit down with a mate and just talk without. I reckon we couldn't get through five minutes without someone coming up and being like, "Hey, sorry to interrupt, but also going to completely interrupt what you guys are doing." And here's a phone. I don't want to interrupt, but I will. That I heard that ten times within two hours. It was crazy. I've never seen anything like it. So he's prop. He's it's proper famous. Deal. Yeah, he's proper. Maybe not as famous as Mitch Johnson. I mean, they're in, in their fields. They are in the same realm. Anyway, that's what we're going to say about Dan Ricardo. That's you saying that we read it as well. Big fan, Dan Ricardo. Miss Johnson coming up. 
Very, very lucky to have in studio for the first time. We've got a nice little setup in here. Mitch Johnson, how are you, mate? I'm great. It's great to be here. Um, look, we, we saved not the best till last, but we, we, we saved the first to last. Uh, the, fir- the best to first. <laughs> yep. um, mate, we are very appreciative of your time. Thank you for coming in. I wanted to start with a question we ask every guest that we have on this podcast, Backchat Podcast. Yep. I'm sure you've heard a lot about the podcast. We ask every guest. Now, we know you're a good cricketer. I'm about to go through your stats. And it's, and honestly, didn't actually think you were even this good, but you are. You're one of the best of all time. No, honestly, I, I was doing my research for this, and you surprised the shit out of me, not because I didn't think you were a good player. I just, like, wow, we. But... I heard you are a massive follower of cricket, so... <laughs> Someone's stitching me up here. It's the bat and ball one. That's all right. What is the best sporting achievement you've ever had, ever achieved? Not on the cricket pitch. We don't, we don't care that you're a good cricketer. We don't, we don't care that you're slinging them down at 150 k's an hour. What have you done off the cricket pitch that's going to impress us in the sporting realm, Mitch? Uh, what? Is this a, so this is a bit this of a isn't, trick? This is a no-trick question. So Andrew Bogan answered with, he beat... Phil Helmuth in a game of poker once. Uh, Peter Bowl can dunk a basketball. Uh, yeah. Tom Hawkins won the under-15 high, high jump. jump in athletics. Dan Cons has got a very special one that I think he'll like to roll out very quickly, but yeah. maybe uh, not now. This is, a, this is a tricky one. I mean, I know uh, that you weren't always a cricketer, though. So no, think back I, to your junior days. I played a bit of tennis. That was, that was my goal. I wanted to, wanted to go to Wimbledon by the age of 18. So that, that was my dream um, growing up. Um, but I played I played all different kinds of sports at school. So I went when I was at school. I tried all different things. And I actually remember going into uh, I threw the javelin in year twelve because no one was throwing it, and I just threw it at the school carnival and, and threw it all right. And no one's yeah. beating you at javelin in well, high school, surely. <laughs> not not at the school level uh, in in Townsville they weren't. So I got through, and then I ended up going to the Australian. I think it was the Australian schoolboys, and I was in Brizzy, and we threw it QE two. And um, I absolutely choked, but <laughs> only because it was like the kids that were there, they looked like men and they had all their, sh- their shoulders were all strapped up and they, they were like that wide. And I was this skinny kid who just wanged, them, wanged the, the javelin down. So are you, going, um, so yeah, are you like, going with competing at the national championships with javelin or oh, do you have something better for us? Um, I can be a big suck hole here and say my wife, marrying my wife. <laughs> She's a, a black belt. Uh, third in the world um, in karate, so good. I mean, that's pretty impressive. So you hold the handbags for your wife, who's a yeah, black yeah. belt uh, Olympian. Yeah. Have you look? Uh, have you have you ever have you ever Spot? gone? Yeah. Have you gone head to head for? She would absolutely destroy you, would she not? You, oh, you'd be in big trouble. Yeah, she's. I got her to hit me when I first met her. Um, <laughs> it was actually when we first met here in, in Perth. Pick up line. It was pretty much. Yeah, it worked. <laughs> Um, she hit me about five or six times in the stomach. She she said, "Are you sure you want me to do it?" I was like, "Yeah, like come on." Like at the time, it hurt, but I woke up the next morning and I felt like I had internal bleeding. So <laughs> I don't think it was. Um, yeah, it wasn't a great idea. Um, but yeah, I, I'm trying to think of um, achievements. Javelin's just, pretty good. Just huh? get just getting through school probably was a, an good. achievement. Good, I like it. Javelin. I think we're going with javelin. I think yeah. javelin's the one. Makes sense too. Yeah, it was just out of the blue, to be honest. I've got, some, uh, I've got some little things to read at you here, Mitch. Now, this is to qualify my comments off the top about how surprised I was that you were such a great player. Now, that is not to underrate what you've done. It's to underrate my mental capacity and actually 
taking in what cricketers have done in this nation. Fourth highest total international wickets behind Shane Warne, Glenn big, McGrath, big. Brett Lee, Not Bing, a big one. Binger. Fifth highest test wicket taker in Australian history. Third most worldwide for left-handers. Third most wickets as a left-hander. Behind only... Was, was him and uh, Chimindavas? You're my man. Very That's good. it. I don't know how to say it. Don't ask me to say Chiminda's full name, by the way. I don't know if you've ever... <laughs> Absolutely not. We're not going to be pronouncing that. That is my true weakness. Uh, you've got an innings that... Your best figures in one innings. So I'm going to get Dan to perhaps give his. Mm. What, what's, your, what's, your best, what's your best figures in, a, in an innings? So uh, in the final, uh, Chuit Hill Cricket Club, uh, five for 16. Well, what um, age group? Under 12s. Um, Actually, here's it. <laughs> well, I didn't bring it up. Um, <laughs> Did you preload it? <laughs> I noticed this as I came in. I was like, uh, so is that No, your... you didn't. Dan said to you, hey, just pull the trophy out right now. He just tapped me under the table. Like, <laughs> no, this is um, – so I, uh, I wasn't much of a bowler. Is that actually it? Yeah. This is oh, genuinely wow. the this is, li- this is literally the ball from it from the final. Um, yeah, cool. Right arm leggies to, in under 12s. They don't yeah. know how to bat against that. And – you know how we always say um, shit gets wickets, so you bowl some loopy ones, you get caught a few times, yeah, like swing it. and miss. Um, is that impressive to you, Five for 16. Oh, five for yeah. 16? Yeah, five for 16. Any, any uh, five is pretty good, I think. Yeah. I did, I doesn't didn't, matter what level. It's I at. didn't walk off with the ball in my hand. I did forget to do that. I think at 12 I wasn't. Yeah, there wasn't much of that around in that thing. In one all, innings? Five, five wickets? You ever taken five in one innings? Yeah. yeah. Ever couple, taken six? Couple, yeah. Couple ever taken seven? Uh, yeah. Ever taken eight? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Eight wickets. Took an eight, yeah, yeah. You pissed all over your five for, mate. Yeah, all right, yeah, sure. Five yeah, when I was 12. What did you do when you were 12? Uh, Probably much better, actually. I was trying to play right. Wimbledon. I was play, trying to play Wimbledon, yeah. yeah. It wasn't good enough. Eight for, 60, eight for 61 <laughs> in an Ashes test. Is that Expensive. Uh, no, I was against South Africa. Oh, so well, well, well. Um, probably up there with an Ashes series where when you play against, they were probably one of the best teams, if not sort of – Although pretty close to us at the time. They had some of the best players in the world and Dale Stain, um, they had Mornay Morkel, they had A.B. de Villiers, Jax Callis was still playing, got him out in that game actually. That's that's a, a good memory to have. But yeah, we, we ended up losing that game. So it's one of those ones where I get asked, I was just at a, a camp recently, a cricket camp for, for some young kids and they um, that was one of the questions that was up. What's your best like bowling innings? And I said, personally, 8 for 61 was my very best, but we lost the game, so like it doesn't feel quite as you know, yeah, a great achievement there. in some ways. What about That was in the grand final. We lost that grand final, even with my 5 for 16. How I mean, you I just, say 5 for 16 and you lose the game? I rolled the tail end. That's, you know, I think they probably already won, <laughs> but in junior cricket, they don't, you know, once, once a team's won, they let you play out the over so everyone gets a turn. And, uh, I've, I've, yeah. the, I've left the best to last here. You're the second Australian ever to have scored 2,000 runs. And over 300 wickets. You name the other person? Yeah, Warney, I think it is, yeah. So you and Warney sit at the top of that table. We're very similar, me and Warney. <laughs> Tell me how. <laughs> uh, no, just, um, yeah, when, when, when I heard that stat, I've, I've heard that one before. And um, no, it's a pretty special one to have, actually, because I went through my career, um, you know, I'm a bowler. But I always enjoyed my batting. And I, I did a lot of work on my batting when I was younger because I had four stress fractures in my back when um, sort of the age of 18 yeah. uh, till about 23. And I, I pretty much went back to grade cricket and I was batting a heap. 
um, scoring a few hundreds there and in great cricket. But, um, yeah, to be able to have that come up at the end of my career, um, you know, it's pretty special and, and there's only – Say two of us, so Mate, it's I'll take that. I it's think Star- Starkey will be probably the next one. The way he's going, so he's on the way. Yeah. Uh, a question I had was, I don't know if it's just me, but is it, have Australian bowlers for a long time been out of wag at the back end of innings better than any other country? I feel like our bowlers have been out of bat for a long time. Oh, we definitely um, pride ourselves on it when when I was playing, and I think still now it's um we've all got a bat. That's the thing. Like you, you go to a, a training session and. You sort of do your bowling and then um, you've got to try and balance everything out after that. So you're, you're fielding and you're, and you're batting. Um, we don't really get much time in the nets to bat. I was going yeah, to batsmen take it all up. So you have a look at guys like Marnus and Smith. They, they spend a fair bit of time. Back when I was playing, it was uh, Hados actually spending a fair bit of time um, in the nets. And um, So, yeah, any time we get our chance to, to do a bit of work in the nets with the bat, it was... Yeah, we'd, we'd, we'd pride ourselves on it. Is it equivalent, do you think... I've got to ask how big of a footy fan you are, but is it equivalent <laughs> for a backman kicking goals? Like Because I used to pride myself on being an accurate goal kicker, but I didn't get to kick a goal every game. Like You got to bat every game. Yeah. Is it a string you have to have to your bow? Whereas a backman, I mean, if you kick a goal as a backman, it's fucking potluck. Yes, <laughs> I guess like I'm not a... I don't follow the, the footy as much. Like I, I love live sports. Yeah. Um, so like... Love watching like um, the footy when I first moved over here. Being a Queenslander, it's all our rugby league. Um, so yeah, I don't know. Like I guess if you're on the field, I'd sort of expect you'd be an opp- you'd have an opportunity to kick a goal. Mm. I guess, but um, sort of similar with cricket. It's yeah, we, we have to bat. So um, we, we like to sort of rub it in the batsman's face sometimes because <laughs> yeah. they whinge about. Oh, we, you know, you only get one ball, like one chance. Like if you nick off, you're out. Like <laughs> you bowlers, you get, you know, if you're bowling, you get more, more, you know, six balls at them, and then you, um, you know, you get to get a rest, get a rest, and then come <laughs> back and bowl. And then, but yeah, so there's always those arguments. But um, yeah, no, we just pride ourselves on it, and we just yeah, give it back to them when we can. Because the batters don't bowl, like, like re- really, generally they you don't. don't you yeah. don't see. Matty Hayden coming into bowl, and if he did, he'd get absolutely spanked all over the field, correct? I tell you what, he, so when I first started playing for Queensland, Matty Hayden and Andrew Simons, so Andrew Simons did bowl. He bowled spin and a little bit of pace. One of my very first net sessions, so I would have been 18, um, 18 years of age, 18 or 19, somewhere around that age, and I'm running in at the Gabba nets, and they're generally pretty green. They look like your chair over there. Um, they've got a Beautiful fair bit of green, line. yeah. And um, they, they do a fair bit. And I ran in with a new ball. And I was back then, I was just so naive. I didn't care who was in the net. So I was just <laughs> running in and I was bouncing them. And Hados is like jumping around. And um, I was giving it to, to Simons as well. Anyway, I've padded up. And I see that those two blokes, they go to where the balls were. And they actually, next to where the balls were, was a, a box. And it was a box of brand new balls. And they've just gone straight to that, picked out the brand new balls. And they said, it's your turn now, youngster. And they just bounced the crap out of me. <laughs> but it was, um, it was quite funny because um, I sort of like deserved it because um, you, you gain your respect. And um, I was always pretty, uh, pretty quiet. Uh, but, yeah, I'd always respected the guys. But, yeah, pretty naive when I first came in and 
but it was um it was a good mem- it's, it's one of those good memories that I have still to this day. Yeah. With the um with the batters being able to bowl as well. I mean, I remember junior cricket the best player is always the best batter and bowler. So like there must come a mm. time when you know you get to a level where bowlers are bowlers and batters are batters. Leading up to that, you're just you're opening the batting and the bowling. Yeah, I guess like through my teen years uh, when I was when I was playing uh, club cricket, me, my best mate uh, Dylan who moved over here sort of after school him and his brother Dave got me into to playing cricket and me and Dylan used to uh so he would he would open the bowling with someone and then I'd be first change he was the only one that could take my bowling so he would keep right. so he'd do his do his spell then he'd have to go and keep and keep to me um, but then we'd sometimes bat together at the top as well so he was he was a better player than what I was growing up um, because I wasn't really interested in cricket, to be honest. I was just playing it because yeah. they sort of like, you, you bowl fast and you left armour, and I had no idea what that meant. I was just like, yeah, cool, like have fun, um, enjoy myself. But yeah, we'd open the batting sometimes, or I'd bat sort of three or four. So yeah, you, you, you go to that point where yeah, there's guys that definitely stand out through their teen years. But then I hit like the senior years and there was um, a guy called Horse, this big like gangly <laughs> bloke. And um, back then it was still no helmets. Like there were helmets there, but I never wore a helmet. And my first net session against him, like he's just like charging in and like you're getting bounced and you're sort of getting hit like all over the body. And, and um, yeah, it sort of wakes you up a little bit and you realise that you're not that good. And, uh, <laughs> yeah, you've got to... Uh, Protect yourself and then uh, get better. Horse. I feel horse. like every every yeah, cricket team's got a, a guy on there named Horse who's like yeah. who's big and off gangly. the long run. Who's like forty <laughs> yeah. five years old, slinging them down. Yeah. So you were as a young kid. You said you played tennis, try to make it at Wimbledon. Whether or not that worked out or not, but you effectively were plucked from some sort of camp. Dennis yeah. Lilly laid eyes on you and said you're a once in a generation type bowler. Is that right? Is that Something along right? those lines. Yeah, we had a we had a camp in Brisbane. So my cricket club in Townsville always were trying to get me to these um, camps and get me seen. So they were really pushing for it. But I was always, you know, tennis came first for me and they, they knew that. Um, but this opportunity came. I was probably, would have been about six months out of high school. Had a, literally had a conversation with my dad two weeks before I went to this camp about joining the army or, or going to TAFE because I was um, decent on um, the computer doing like websites and stuff like that. So I don't know why, but I was just somehow I enjoyed it and did well. But so it was that was the sort of two options, and then this camp came up, and um, I went down to the camp in Brizzy, and yeah, Dennis was there, and I was actually bowling to Lee Castledine later in the day in the in the net. So Lee Castledine, Queensland player, but also was on Survivor, um, getting his rig out. Loved getting his rig out when he was a <laughs> cricketer as well. So nothing's changed there, but. Yeah, so I went to this camp and Dennis was there and, yeah, basically I walked up to him. He sort of called me over and he said, oh, I introduced himself. And I didn't recognise him at first because he was older. Um, and, but he still had the, the same sort of attire, like with the shirt unbuttoned, his hair was out, he had the chain, <laughs> still had the gold chain. Wow. So it was like... What, in casual attire? Yeah, he, just, he had like a button-up casual sort of shirt. I think he had pants on as well, so... Flared. <laughs> flared, probably flared, yeah. <laughs> Were you quick? Was, were you, is that what you were strength? Is that like if he lays? Was, was that were you always quick, or is that something you learned to be? Yeah, I don't know. See, there was a there was a, a young kid um, that was rapid, like through school, and he played schoolboys with us, and I think he played a little bit of grade cricket. 
And I always looked up to him. I was like, man, I wish I could be as quick as him because he's so fast. Mm. Um, but apparently, yeah, like I, on that camp, I was in the indoor nets off a short run and they had a speed gun there and I was bowling 140 at 17 years of in age. In an so indoor net? In an indoor net, yeah. Because you get like, because I've, I've played a bit of indoor, you get three metres. Oh, no, we had, um, I, it wasn't the typical to... indoor net. Right, right, right. So you had a little bit of a run-up, but it wasn't yeah. a full run-up. Can we get a counter, Charlie, on how many times Dan tells Mitch Johnson, <laughs> one of the greatest bowlers to ever <laughs> grace the cricketing field for Australia... Oh, I remember when yeah, I used to do this it. at cricket. Can you get a counter on it, please? I'm going to keep a counter going, but I don't have that much memory on my laptop. Let's <laughs> like, see we Well, when we do need you to jump in the uh, Nets Balcatter, Seamers, come back. Oh, I've, I've been to a few. Still playing cricket? Still playing? Actually, they're probably my best figures. What, indoors? Yeah, I had... Ten I had foot. Um, yeah, it was don't something like that. Ten foot. It was... Uh, well, actually, it made the papers, made the local papers. <laughs> How'd you um, knock it up to indoor cricket? Yeah, I was playing like Because once you get out, you stay at the crease. Yeah. You keep right. getting bowled yeah. It was like, I had something like, I don't know, nine or ten or eleven for... Negative. <laughs> negative something, yeah, I think yeah, it was. Yeah. It was yeah. something stupid like... I, that I, would, I would leave. But I, I was, was bowling spin, like I wasn't... And occasionally, <laughs> like, I'd bowl like a quicker one. But, yeah, it was, it was good fun just doing it because my mates, but... So we've had Whippersnapper Distillery jump on board with us, Jono, and I've mm. offered you one to start with, and you're off the drink, though. We've, we've, we've yeah. finished it up this year. Yeah, at the moment. So, so that's nothing on Whippersnapper Distillery. No, right? no. I've, this is I've, some of the smoothest stuff in the business. Well, I've, I've, um, I've spent a bit of time there when I was uh, still playing for the Scorchers drinking uh, coffee. Good. There, so well, always, whiskey just as good as coffee, I tell yeah, you. Yeah, well, I've always wanted to do the, the tour there so and, and sort of – Always asked about what they had there, so it was. Um, yeah. But at the moment, yeah, just before Chrissy, um, I just decided to have a bit of a break. Whether it will be a long break or a short break, I don't know yet. But I, I had a fair few breaks throughout my career where I stopped drinking. Um, did it for twelve months, one year. Uh, just had a few drinks with AJ Ty in the in the room one night when we were in uh, Sydney, I think it was, and just woke up feeling like crap. Three three beers, and I was yeah, it just didn't sit well with me. So. When I set myself to something, I, I stick to it. And I told myself in that moment I was going to do six months and end up doing 12 months. So, um, yeah, it's not like I enjoy my, having a drink every now and then. I enjoyed celebrating with the boys when we could and had those chances. Um, I just think over time I've become a bit more understanding of what it does to me and, and how I feel uh, when I drink or how I feel when I wake up the next day. Um, it forms a big part of cricketing culture, drinking. Yeah, it right? does. Yeah, it's it's definitely changed though. Like you do have to pick your times, and um, it's it's pretty. The schedule's a lot um, fuller than what it used to be. Uh, especially even when I first started, um, it was definitely it's changed a bit. But yeah, it's just more. I'm just looking at. It, I've just turned forty. Looking at it as a as a health kind of thing, and uh, in my recent times, talking about depression and ADHD, and um, it, yeah, I, I'll probably. So this reason this time was more for um, just doing it for the wrong reasons. I was trying to probably block things out, um, which doesn't really help. So, um, yeah, I'm, I'm happy not not having a drink. I had a, actually, we had a friend's party um, not too long ago and um, everyone was having a drink and a good time and I still had a great time. Like I, I know how to have a good time without without drinking. Mm. Um, I just used, I'd just say to him, like, I'd, I'm the one that's going to wake up tomorrow and be able to tell you guys how your night was because <laughs> you're going to forget. So, um, no, I'm pretty pretty used to it. But um, we had Chris yeah. Maston on the podcast. He was uh, he's 
my best mate. Um, he was diagnosed ADHD very yep. early on in his career. Yep. And I asked him about how that affected the way he played and how he was as a player around the club, but also his personal life. How does that sit with you? Because it's different for everyone. Uh, yeah, I mean, um, I didn't find out until probably, yeah, more so after my playing days. So um, when I look back, there was definitely signs of uh, depression and ADHD. So the thing that my wife actually picked up was – I used to sit on the couch and I'd have the remote control for the TV in my hand and I'd be doing little patterns on the as I'm watching TV and she'd be going, what are you doing with your hand? I was like, no, nothing. Like, and I knew I was doing it, but it was just, I'd just sit there and just do these patterns. And it was like sort of calming for me, I guess. But yeah, I could never, I could never stay still sort of thing. Like I'd come home from a tour and I didn't really want to stay still. I didn't want to just sit in the house. Um, so yeah, there was there was a few things that I noticed through my career, and um, it's probably more so now where I, I, I sort of think about it more. I, I'd, I'd be having conversations with people and just sort of looking through them, picking up on certain words, and then I'd be able to feel like I'm in the conversation. Mm. So it sort of just became. I thought that was just pretty normal. I thought it was me. Yeah. Um, but yeah. So on reflection, uh, if if that's a later in life diagnosis. Um, would you? Would you I think have liked it worked. To have found out. No, I think it worked out fine. I think yeah. for me, as a as a sportsman, like it definitely, it was part of who I was and how I was able to operate. Really, um, I just threw everything into my cricket, and that was fine. But now it's like you got to. I've got kids, you know. You've got other parts of your life to sort of deal with now. So it's about making sure I can sort of. Um, be um, more present with that. Um, I've, I've sort of off the antidepressants, but I'm on the um, ADHD sort of medication just for the moment because it sort of helps me focus a bit. Um, so, yeah, so that's where I'm sort of at at the moment with that. But it's, yeah, something I thought about like through my career and I look back and go, yeah, I, I, I don't wish that I had found out any earlier because I think that could have could have struggled because I, I noticed over the last couple of years that it definitely I've definitely changed a bit with my thought processes and the way that I go about things I'm definitely not as committed to things at the moment my cricket I was fully committed to I guess that was my career as well and I yeah I, I had all my focus it's sort of like a hyper like a hyper focus mm. I guess um, I don't think I would have had that hyper focus if I was on medication how did that work then <clears throat> playing test cricket when, you know, team bats first and you might sit there for two days in the change rooms? Like, you know, I've always thought, like, what are, what are the bowlers doing in there? Like, there's only – are you getting bored or are you getting – like, are you getting fidgety? Are you feeling like you need to go do something? Yeah, it get, get, gets a bit fidgety. Sometimes it's all right when, you know, you, you've been out bowling for a couple of days and you come in and you just want to rest up for a bit. Um but yeah, you get a bit fidgety. You just try and find things to do, and you sort of got to watch the game a little bit. Um, yeah. But you also don't want to burn out watching the whole thing. You sort of, um, yeah. Some some guys didn't mind watching it every single ball, and some of the guys would actually watch games of cricket when we get back to the uh, hotel. Who? Or, yeah, and who, watch who, who's doing that? Steve Smith is <laughs> one of them. Um, yeah, you get to the. You get to the um, get a massage or some physio, and the, the TV would come on, and it'd be more cricket. It's like <laughs> I just did not want to watch any more cricket. Been out in the dirt for 
you know, bowling 20 overs out there and you just, yeah, it's the last thing you want. You just want to switch off. But, yeah, no, everyone was different. I, I was pretty, you know, you weren't really allowed to sleep. That was one thing. They right. didn't, you, you sort of didn't want to just nod off. Um, although sometimes you jump on the massage table and, and get a, and get a massage, yeah, and wake and up three hours later. <laughs> yeah, well, uh, you've played for Australia across all formats: Test, One Days, T Twenty, everything in between. Mm. Um, reflecting on your whole career, what, what was your what was what was the most enjoyable for you? No, that's also keeping in touch the mentality, but the physical element as well. What was the what was the best part of the cricket for you? Uh, I actually, I just really enjoyed the, the team aspect of it. Like, and it goes back on, you know, when I got eight for 61 and I said, I, I enjoyed it, but it wasn't like, it's not a real big standout moment, even though it's my best figures. Um, yeah, it, it's, it's more, it was always about the team for me and um, winning the World Cup in 2015 was, was huge. Um, doing it in Australia was, you know, just absolutely phenomenal. Um, but just doing it with the guys and seeing how proud the guys were of what their achievements were, and that made me like happy mm. um, just to be a part of that. And I sort of felt like I had some sort of influence on those guys as well, uh, especially being a senior player. You, you sort of help out it where you can, and they're always asking questions. These, these new guys that come through, and um, but we're all you know we're all all in it together. So that's how I felt. Um, Ashes series thirteen fourteen was absolutely amazing. Um, like on a personal level, but just just to be able to go out there and win five nil um, after they had beat us in in England um, before that, and I'd had a few struggles against England at times, so uh, it was just nice to be able to do that. But yeah, that that friendship, that bond, the the bowlers always always hung out, um, and then you sort of you get to the end of your career, and it sort of everyone sort of separates. So because you play for Australia, everyone lives in different states. Yeah. So it makes it pretty hard to sort of you know, travel and keep in touch and um, that's why like I've enjoyed doing some of the commentary stuff and sort of missed it again this year with, with COVID because um, you get to catch up with players that I've played with and some of the guys are in commentary, some are still playing. So you get to catch up and, um, but yeah, just the, the team aspect was, was amazing. So the team aspect, what about, so um, keeping in mind that like if you feel like, you probably had depressive traits, if not depression and ADHD while you are playing. The mentality of the weight of the nation, mm. like playing for Australia is different to playing club cricket for Queensland or, yeah. or, 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 or whatever, right? Was that something that you found difficult or enjoyed, the Australia being on or against you? Yeah, <laughs> at first it was um, awesome. The first year you, you don't really get... Um, too much attention. Even if you play well, like you'll, you know, you'll get talked up a little bit, but they give you a bit of like leeway. I reckon in that first year, like give him a go. Yeah, it's like oh, he's just you know finding his feet type of thing. And it takes about a year to sort of find your feet. To be honest, with all the travel and being away from home, all the different um, uh, places, yeah, like all the different places you travel to. Um, so it's um, it does take that time, and then after that, you start to. If you have a bad performance or two, you know, it starts to creep up on you. It's, you've got to learn how to deal with it. And I probably didn't deal with it that well at first. Um, sometimes you take things personally. Um, sometimes there was personal things that were written about you and I didn't like um, because I just felt like I just played cricket. Like 
why does personal stuff have to be involved in it? Uh, I'm not a celebrity. I'm just out there enjoying myself. Um, but yeah, so it took a little bit. I, I sort of was a bit up and down with the media throughout my career. I sort of uh, didn't want to speak to him at one point. A couple of us were like pretty dirty at him uh, for some of the stuff that was coming out. But then realised that if we can build good relationships with some of these media guys, then you know that's going to be good. We can move forward, and and that's sort of what happened at the back end of my career. So it was a bit of a roller coaster ride, but um, yeah, it was um, something you have to learn on the go. Like you can get all the training you want. I, d- I don't think that it's going to help a little bit, but it's more experience and doing getting out there, you know, the pressures of the game, the pressures of people wanting you to do well, um, expecting you to get wickets all the time. Um, I'll give a couple of examples, actually. I, I mean, Good. Shane Watson was was hammered yep. by yeah. media, by public. Um, public. And I just say, and I've had friends say it as well, I just say, well, just, just have a look at it, right? He's... And you can say it now because we haven't really got an all-rounder. Cameron Green's coming through now. Um, Mitchell Marsh is stepping up again. I say, well, maybe um, Shane Watson was at his best. Maybe that was all he could give. And it was actually pretty good if you look back at it because of what we've had since. We haven't really had that, that player since. So I sort of get people to look at it in that way. Um, and I say, look, his training session, he's got a field. He's got a bowl and he's got a bat. So he's doing all three facets of the game. He was opening the batting. Opening the batting. And like first drop bowler kind of thing, right? Pretty much, yeah. And that's not easy to do. Jax Cullis was able to do it for a very long period of time. He was probably the last... Pure. Pure, yeah. And he could bowl fast too. Mm. Um, And he, you know, batted three and four. So it's not an easy thing. And um, yeah, so he, he copped a fair bit of criticism over that. And yeah, so I tried to put it back to people who sort of give it to him about that. So, um, And then my other thing was when I, I cop criticism and, you know, like as a bowler, you, you're meant to go out there and get wickets. That's your job. Um, but sometimes when you're looking from the outside, you don't know exactly what's going on on the inside of the team and how the team, um, the bowling unit, are meant to work together. It's really big. Like we always talked about batting partnerships they always, you know, getting big partnerships, you know, 50s and 100s and and so on. Bowling partnerships are just important, you know. I, I'd Through that 13-14 series, if Peter Siddle, Ryan Harris, um, Shane Watson and Nathan Lyon didn't bowl the, the, to their plans and the plans that we talked about and play their role, then I wouldn't have been able to achieve the amount of wickets I got mm. um, and our partnership bowling wouldn't have been the same. So I had to be aggressive and, and try and stir the, the batsman up, you know, bowling short balls, going around the wicket, being aggressive that way, um, aiming at the stumps as well. But, you know, if, if Peter Siddle came on and, and started to do that plan as well, it just wasn't going to work. He needed to bowl his line and length and that's why um, that sort of worked. So... Um, sometimes on the outside you don't know exactly what's going on, what plans are happening and there's going to be days where you don't get wickets and then you get crucified for it but you've actually played your role and um, you've just got to know as a player that, okay, the team are happy, we did what we had to do, I did what I had to do as a player, everyone's happy, doesn't matter what the outside say, it's just let's just keep focused on what we need to do and you know, down the track I'm going to get my time when wickets come in a, in a big hurry, but yeah, it's it's really it's it is really hard to 
shut all that out, that noise. Mm. Um, but it's this part of it and um, you, you have to learn. I think you have to go through bad experiences to, to get through it, to be honest. And um, I went through f- some pretty bad experiences out in the middle. You, you can't really hide. So, um, again, as a bowler, you go down a fine leg and you, you cop it constantly. So, um, so it's, uh, yeah, I quite enjoyed that. At the back end of my career, I just knew exactly what I needed to do to play my best game. Yes. So, yeah, it takes time, but, um, yeah, it's, it's really enjoyable. I think that's the one thing is, is I tried to enjoy my cricket as much as I could because it could end any time. So that back end of my career was so enjoyable because I, I did it my way, but I also, um, yeah, just, just had fun doing it. Talk us through. Long answer. No, <laughs> no that's good. Good stuff. Um, <laughs> no one wants to hear us speak, mate. Yeah. No. We're all here for I'm, I'm just going to ask you like a heap of questions because it's um, you know, the same sort of thing at, at, in sport. Like the only thing that I feel as a cricketer, like, and I try and compare it to a footballer is – I don't know how much noise you can hear, how many what people are actually saying to you. If you're close to the boundary, I'm sure you can hear that. But I'm just saying, like, as a bowler, you you go down there, and if you've just had a bad, crowds get chirpy at the you, yeah, and it just takes one person to just tick you off, and it can just change your your mindset, or it can change the way you feel. Really? So, I uh, like, uh, yeah. I mean, I think it's a different crowd. Like, I've been to obviously never played at a cricket game, but been in the crowd enough at a cricket that. It's a it's a murmur, yep. whereas footy is cheering. The, the whole less the, time, less so time. Gets... You know, the goals kick, everyone's carrying on. The ball's going back to the middle, and then it's just a free flowing. But cricket, it's a lot of sitting around, yeah, doing fuck all. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and there's a lot of time for people in the crowd to think, oh, "I'm going to fucking get into this." Bloke. Yeah, so get I can this. imagine how that would happen. I didn't yeah. have many times like. Nah, that that wasn't a thing for me. But there's yeah. certainly different things that affected me mentally for sure. Like, yeah, just not. The crowd. I'm. I. I. I was in the position like you though, because I'd be a full back. Yeah. Um. I never had anything too bad. My yeah. my, my my always jibes about me and being bald, me being <laughs> shit. Like, and it's like, yeah, it's genetics. So that was that would have been a bit of bit of sledging between players, surely. Like, yeah, yeah. Bit sledging of, between players is way more than sledging fans. Like, I, yeah, yeah. There's not much you can do with the fans. There's not not a lot you can say about, but. Players, especially me, like I was, I, I just wasn't, yeah, I'm not playing myself down enough, I've played almost 200 games, but I wasn't good enough to just go out there and match someone physically and, and athletically, yeah. even though I had those things. I had to, I have to have another page in my book that I could go to, which was the mental side, which yeah. was getting under their skin. The best games I ever played was when I, I had a mental plan as to about how to get under their skin. Yeah. Um, you know, the best game they ever played was the grand final. And I, I spent two weeks preparing for that game, yep. how to get under the skin of my opponent. And there's no that's, surprises there. Yeah, well, that, that to me, that's what sledging, what they call it, like in cricket, that's what it was for me. Like it was, you hear something in the papers about a player, you're coming up, Joe Root, for instance, in 13-14, was talking about, uh, I think it was after Brizzy or before Brisbane, the first test, he was changing something to do with his hands or his feet or something. So... We read it and we just went, oh, how good is this? Perfect. Like, so basically, going? I'd How's bowl the ball. Going? Yeah, so I'd bowl the ball and I'd say to Hads, oh, is he doing that thing with his hands now? Like, I think he's just done it. Then he'd be like, Hads would be like, yeah, I think he just he just moved him then. And then have and so someone, you're talking someone else him. go, no, no, he didn't do it that time. Yeah, so that's the sort that that's the clever stuff that I enjoyed. It's it's mind games. Um, 
you still had to control yourself. Like uh, there was times where I just you, you go overboard and you get a bit bit too much. Did you um, have that? Oh yeah, but it was. I look back now, it's more frustration about me. I was more frustrated at myself. Huh. Um, it wasn't about the player. It was more like I didn't maybe bowl the ball where I wanted to, or I got it got nicked through, and or you got hit for a cover drive when you. You get frustrated at yourself, and it's not, it's not the not the batsman really. It's just you get frustrated at your own, yeah, so stupidity you, of bowling a crap ball or something. Do you get then roped in a bit with that? Like, at, you know, I, I remember a time when then they were saying, players, "Man, yeah. just needs to <laughs> chalk it up." He said, <laughs> oh, "I thought you were talking about when you used to play cricket." No, no, I was saying, I remember a time like when they were saying, like Mitch is like, you know, sledging a fair bit, and there was a bit of media coverage around it. Like, yeah. do they call you in and go, mate, like? maybe don't stare down the batter every single ball or are they... Yeah, the umpires are pretty good. They'll they'll generally say something. Um, and I, I started to not enjoy it at the end because of all the new stuff that was coming in. And I remember bowling a ball and I sort of followed through and had a bit of a stare and the umpire come racing down and the umpire made it look bad. It wasn't because of us. I was just like, I'd stared at the batsman and I just took that one second a bit too long for his liking. And so he's raced down and... Oh, come back! You know, I said, "What are you doing?" Like, I'm just staring at him. Like, I'm not saying anything. He goes, "Oh no, it's it looks bad." Did, like, no, did, you just made it look bad. There, there's always a lot of coverage of you know cricket change rooms are sometimes near each other. There's interaction, obviously, after games. We've seen the latest Ashes. A few boys got pulled off the top roof oh. terrace by the cops uh, for having a few beers after. So I think there's more interaction for cricketers. One, because you don't only just play for your countries. You play in the IPL, you play yeah. for county cricket, that sort of stuff. So you, you do all know. It's a bit of a bit more of a community than... It is, yeah. Was there ever, though, a stage where what happened on the field came off the field? Did you have any circumstance? I, yeah. I'm, not, I'm, not, I'm not towing you in. I don't know the answer to this. Oh, no, there was, yeah. There's, Please. There's been, there there's been a few occasions. Really? Um, actually, the 14... So it was after the Ashes series when we came back the summer after we played India and Rohit Sharma, um, I played at Mumbai Indians with him and that year um, Ricky Ponting got dropped as the captain of that team and Rohit took over. Right. So as much as I like got on fine with Rohit, that was, was MO was, for me was when Ricky I... Ricky still... Ricky still played yeah. that year but he was just not the captain. Yeah. They changed about halfway through. Okay. Ricky was fine with it like... He was at the end yep, of his yep. career type thing. So we got to the Gabba and I just like, it's, it was stuck with me that whole time about what had happened. So I knew that Rowett would lose it if I had said something about that. Um, so we're out in the middle and I think it was, I'd, I'd been bowling and I said to Rowett, I said, oh, bloody, you stole, his, you stole the captaincy from Ricky. Like, and I gave it to him about it. You can, you can swear on this podcast if you oh, want to cool. add some colour. Yeah, I, I can't remember. Okay, been, there would have been a few swear just words. Just permission. It? Yeah, thanks. Um, so, yeah, I was just sort of giving it to him about that and he, like, blew up, like, and um, we came in for the break and um, he – we sort of um, go into the same area to eat and he got really heated just before we walked in there and we got face-to-face and the security guy was there, like, laughing his head off because it was like – what are you blokes going to do? You're not going to like fight. <laughs> but it was like, we, he got really like angry about it. He goes, oh, you can't say that like about, I didn't take his like position. Like I said, you did mate. Like, so I just kept like, like winding him up, baiting him. At the buffer. Yep. So <laughs> anyway, we've come out to bat in, the, in our innings and he's come straight up to me as of Mark Senna 
and he's like into me about it like you have fuck with like this and that like he's trying to take me off my game and i love that kind of stuff right so i felt like that got me going right so i got to 30 and i said got to 30 um, i got got 50 in the and i got 50 or 60 i think in that match and I said, have you got any more to say, Rock? Because you're helping me. You're going to get me to 50. <laughs> and he shut up then. Like, that was it. And, um, yeah, made 50 or 60. And um, But, yeah, that kind of stuff does happen. Happened with a guy, Silliman Ben, um, Perth at the Wacker. Big, tall, uh, big, tall guy, um, spinner. Yes. Uh, myself and Brad Haddon. Brad Haddon used to like getting into a bit. Wicket keepers don't mind a bit of, a bit of that. And we're out there batting. And I, we went to take a run. And Solomon Ben's grabbed onto me, and you're not allowed to like grab. Like it's not. I, re- I remember this. It's not like footy or anything like that. <laughs> and so like he's grabbing onto me, and I'm going like this, like my bat, trying to get him off me. And Hads comes running over. And he's like pointing his bat, and you're not really meant to do that either. The, gen- <laughs> the gentleman's game. Um, so Hads is like, you can't fucking do that, mate. <laughs> anyway, so we we had a couple more balls to go, I think, and um, we start walking off. And so me and Hads are walking off and Silliman Ben's behind us like he's talking to us like Chirpy. chirping. And we're, I'm just saying to Hads, I said, Hads, if I was that tall, I'd be bowling that fast. Wouldn't be bowling spin, that's for sure. <laughs> and like he's like, he's getting like wound up. And it continued on into the dining area as well. And actually Simon Kadich was in there and it got real heated. And um, Simon just like snapped. He's like, you don't want to mess with Simon, I reckon. Yeah, I heard him in the maze. He's quite uh, stern. Yugoslav, yeah. Yugoslav background. He's uh, <laughs> yeah, he snapped. Eh? He said, "You can shut your mouth." You know, like really. So it sort of stopped after that. But that's crazy. You eat together at yeah, lunch. Such an like, interesting. Yeah, like, we're sort of a, yeah. yeah, but it's like you know, buffet it's, set up and you go up together. Imagine that at half time. Couple of, put the oranges in the middle of the two, Collingwood yeah. and West Coast. The Grand Snakes like that, it? come in, yeah. suck on the oranges, like orange. fellas. It's like a snake. <laughs> a little Gatorade, fellas. Yeah. Um. Okay. So. Yeah, I, honestly, I reckon I could go for about four hours with you, Mitch. I've got that many questions. For <laughs> you're in the media now. You talk about Semi, your... Up- yeah, I'm well, trying to get more in there, yeah. Well, okay, here we go right now. Here we go. This is a little bit <laughs> enough. No, but so, so you're in the media, though. You've, 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 you've called games. You've yeah. uh, been able to give your opinion both in the paper and social media, that sort of stuff, yep. removed from the game as a player. How do you look back on your time with your relationship in the media? You said with the media as a player. You said it was up and down as a player. Um, is it has it changed now that you're uh, in the media, or do you think it's better? You have more perspective to be able to give opinion and and balanced views, or where does that all sit? Well, you definitely get more perspective, that's for sure. Like seeing it from the other side. Yeah. Um, I still don't like some of the stuff that comes out. What don't you like? Um, I think if you're going to make comment on certain things, if someone's not performing, I think you should sort of give a reason. And like maybe explain a bit about it, like not just go, oh, you, you shit, yeah, type of thing. You know what I mean? Like I, I know I had a, a couple of things to say about what Shane Warne had, had said um, throughout this summer, and I think some of it was warranted. Um, one in particular moment was him uh, basically ruining the the moment of the first test, the first of the Ashes test this year with Stark getting the the wicket first ball and. Everyone's so pumped about it. It's something that'll always come back um, in history where, you know, they'll show it on the big screen before a series yes. or, or whatever. And Warney was just, oh, it was going down leg side, didn't swing back. Um, you know, it was real negative about it. Um, so that kind of stuff doesn't sit well with me. But, I mean, everyone's entitled to the, their views on it. That's, that's, and that's why he's done so well in the media as well because he's, he is pretty harsh at times. 
Um, and I think he does a, a generally a pretty good job because he's got a cricket mind. Mm. Um, he sort of plays that role. A bit. He plays that role, yeah. But there's some things you know I'm happy to call him up, call him out on, or um, you know I don't I don't go after him or anything like that. Like it's sometimes that you just get a phone call and it's like is there, I was going to say is there any ever follow up between like you know you know what? Well, I didn't get to see him. No, I didn't get to see him. So I don't know what he was. If he was, I don't think he would have cared to be honest. No. I don't think it would have bothered him. Part and hustle um, a little it bit. Is, it is, yeah. I mean, we're all making comments, like, and we're all going to make comments that people aren't, aren't going to agree with. So there's probably a few comments because I do it the, uh, the Sunday Times, and there's definitely a few comments that I've, I'll say that people won't agree with, and I, I'm, I probably sound a bit hypocritical at times too. But I think that's just, yeah. I, I, I'm at that point in my life where it's like, it's not that I don't care, but I'm just going to give my opinion, and I'm always happy to discuss things. Like it's never like one way for me it's always like i'm happy to talk about it and i will change my like point of you know my thinking um there are some things that i'm pretty stuck on but generally like i'm happy to have those conversations because i think that's just how life works and um yeah i've, I've, I've really enjoyed the media side of it i've found it hard at times with mates playing still and making comments um i think the first i think it was the first that was that uh, it was an india series a couple of years ago and I made a comment on Mitchell Stark uh, about his body language. And I basically said, when Mitchell Stark is bowling really well, this is Adelaide Oval, and he's bowling really well, his body language is up, you know, he looks really good. And because his body language is down, the team sort of stays, they, they're really flat because the bowler and the keeper are the ones that keep everyone up. Um, so he was like, I sort of made that comment. And a couple of journos just got that grab and they went with that as a headline. So it sounded Johnson, like I was having a crack. Johnson at him. hates yeah. Stark's body. Basically, language. that's and it. so it's shit. Yeah. That's so it. people read headlines and go, "Oh," but if you actually read the article, they still quote what I said. So I saw that for the first time and I started to shit myself. I was like, "Oh fuck, what are the boys going to think now?" Like, yeah. so I sent a text straight away. I sent one to Starkey for like after the game, you know, see it. I sent one to Lino a bit later on because I was getting no reply. Oh, no. <laughs> they didn't reply all Left night. You on red. Next morning, I was on the ground. I had to do uh, ground interviews with Starkey. Oh, oh no! Oh boy! No, and no. Lino's walking up to me. And he's just like, no. He's going, big brother, because there we had the big brother, little brother thing going on. And he's like, big brother, mate. Fuck that. Starkey's not happy, eh? Oh boy! I was like, mate, I didn't make like a bad comment or anything like that. And he's like. And so he waited and Starkey came over and he's just like, come here. Like, that was a big cuddle. He's <laughs> like, mate, he goes, I know what you're like. I know you wouldn't just say something for the sake of it. He goes, you're like commenting on something you've seen and we talk still. So I think that's the big thing is like we still have um, that friendship and, and we always you know, have those discussions. Yeah. It's not just making that comment. I also find, especially with cricket and media, um, that there's so much talk around selection yeah, like in footy, players get dropped, but there's not as much scrutiny around like these players need to be dropped from the side. I mean, you maybe a little bit, but cricket's so like you can really narrow down well, one person. There's less players. Like a, there's one wicketkeeper. Yeah, exactly. Right? Yeah. So yeah. there's there's three pace bowlers, maybe four, and, and it's yeah. one spinner. One op- like one or two opening batsmen that really need to perform. So. Yeah, how did you find that even with players who are like on the fringe that are constantly, their names are going, being brought up to sort of, you know, oh man, they should be... Dr-. Like, prime well, examples I, like Stark. Star- well, I actually said I thought at the start of the series, I thought um, Richardson sort of played the first test. 
I used to, and it was a really hard decision because it was I was only basing it on what um, Starkey had had been doing over the past twelve months. He hadn't been at his best, but I said that also in the article when I made that statement. It was like if Starkey's at his best, I'm picking him in front of Richardson. Yeah, but because he's not, like Richardson's ready to go. He's bowling well, um, and I even said I think Stark would benefit more from the pink ball test. So you play him in those, get him a bit of confidence back. Um, so, yeah, I, I sort of in a way I had egg on my face because I made the call of I didn't have him in my first test. But that's just part of it. You're going to make those you've – you've, sort of, you've got to make calls um, and it's not going to please everyone. Um, it's just hard when you, they are your mates. But put, you've put got your, to set that aside. Put your player's hat back on. <laughs> we, um, we, as we said, we chatted with Masto and we, we revealed here on Backchat Podcast that players – we uh, – they pierce in the middle of huddles when the uh, coin's getting tossed. Did you know that? <laughs> no. Well, there you go. Right? So that's what we revealed here Formed on Backchat. Formed a bit of a wall. Yeah, right. So well, basically yeah, what happens yeah. is... Get, get, get down one knee. Yeah, that's it. It has happened before, but what ha- not. Well, I'm not asking if that... But what happens in cricket that people wouldn't know? Well, as, as, as a cricket player and, and being in the sanctity of 11 players within... What, what happens that people who are watching just would have no idea? I mean, like, for instance all eating together in the same room, I kind of wouldn't think that would happen. Like, that would be one thing that I'd think yeah. of. Is there things that happen either in the change rooms, uh, on the field, that people just wouldn't know about? There's no insight into letting them know about that? Oh, it's a hard one, eh? Bloody hard question, sorry. No, no, it's good. Like, it's making me think. I think with the amount of um, access they have these days, you see a lot of stuff now. Um, have gone as far as being in the dressing rooms just before guys come out now. So, um, what's it like when a batter comes in and he's just gone out poorly, or he's given his, or he's gone out in the nineties? What's it like being in there? What's that environment like <laughs> as a teammate? Yeah, so it depends on who 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 came who comes in. Uh, if it's like a Matthew Hayden, you just everyone just disperses. <laughs> you do not stay in there. Big volcano. Yep. Um, but sometimes there was guys that you go in there to to see him blow up. Um, <laughs> I think Doug Bollinger was one of them. Dougie Bollinger, one of the all-time greats. Uh, for my whole footy career, Doug Bollinger was one of the, is funny. the, the guys I followed. Doug Bollinger. Yeah, oh, boy. So um, he used to blow up when he used to oh, go Oh, it's just out. funny. You'd, watch, you'd love watching a few guys blow up. Um, Dougie Bollinger. I'd, I'd actually, I'll tell you what. I've, I've told this one um, before. I was, it was in Joburg. And, um, it was in a one-day game. And... Ricky was had just got out, and I got sent in at like number four as a pinch hitter. Pinch hitter or not watchman? No, pinch hitter in a one day game. Oh, so to right. get our runs up a bit, so I was basically get get my eye in real quick and just like tee it up as as get as many runs as I can as quick as possible. And I got out like pretty cheaply, and <laughs> Ricky was standing in the corner of the, in in Joburg, and I've walked in, and he sort of walked past the guys that are on a veranda. And you walk past and come in, and there's a wall like that, and then you walk in and there's a dressing room. Right. I've looked as I've gone here. There's a bat sitting up in the uh, wall, like just like pointing that, out pointing out of the. I was like, <laughs> through that. Anyway, like I've just like turned around the corner. I had my helmet and I threw it into the corner. Ricky was standing in the corner, and he was our captain at the time. I've like. Bounces his helmet, he's turned around and it's like whacked him like in the side of the <laughs> <laughs> Mate, I was petrified after that. I was like, oh, I'm so sorry. And he sort of like let it go because he 
He's he, he he his still, bat. So he threw his bat. Still, he was still in the he room. He was still spewing. pissed off. He's copped a fucking helmet. He's copped a helmet in the head. And I was just like, I was like, oh, I'm so sorry. I was like petrified, eh? You must have slung that so hard. Yeah, it bounced, you bounce? bounced up and bounced off the side of the wall and then hit him in the side Imagine of the head. Imagine just standing there, just, just, just <laughs> contemplating. sitting in your thoughts after yeah. getting out. Well, he was watching the, the TV. So he had, his, had one leg up and one de- down off the bench and he was watching it. Then I didn't feel as bad. I said, is that your bat up there? And he's like, yep. <laughs> the roomie that looked after us was trying to get it out so he could keep it and frame it. <laughs> How much does the role of the captain play in cricket? Um, I know what it does in footy, but I feel like cricket, they seem to almost select the team. They set the field. They, they change the bowl. Yeah. They have a very big it's role. It's a big role, yeah. It seems like it's, from the outside, they have a bigger role in the coach. Whereas like in yeah. footy, like the coach is the guy, yeah, like yeah. the leader. That's yeah. definitely, it's not the same as, as footy. Um, and that's just seeing what I've seen on the outside. Um, so yeah, I, I mean, as a cricket captain, it's it's a full-time role. Like even when um, Pat Cummins got the, the job this year and everyone was like, oh, bowler can't do it, you know. Um, I thought maybe from a on-field point of view, yeah, you can you can do it as a bowler. It's all the off-field stuff as well that you don't see. So the amount of media that you have to do, you are the wanted guy. Like you, you have to go to all these events. You're the first person that they want. So it's it's all the other stuff behind the scenes that's really you know quite tiring, I think. And right. as a bowler, you need your time um, to sort of get yourself right. Who did you play under? Ponting. Ponting. Clark. I played under Clark. Smith. Yep. Uh, Smith for a little bit, yeah. Anyone else? Uh, Obviously, across not for Australia, no. in Tess. Yeah, so uh, I had Steve War in a uh, a match in the ACT that I played um, when I was yeah. a bit younger. What about the oh, um, yeah. What about the IPL? Um, that starts up whenever it starts up. Yeah. Did that start too late for you, for your? If no, you, no, I played. You, I know, yeah, yeah. You, I know, you played, but. Would it have been nicer a little bit early? So a fair yeah, bit of cash K-day. being splashed around, or were you right in the prime time? So when yeah, prime I time actually career, prime time yeah, IPL. well, I originally signed the first contract when the uh, IPL had started. So there was two uh, processes that we had to go through. So I signed the initial one, but didn't sign on the second part of it because I was at that point in my career where I wasn't consistently playing for Australia. I think I just played some one day stuff. And what year was so, this? Like, I think it was like 07. Right. So I just, I don't know if I just, seven or eight. I'd have to look because it's been over 10, it's been over, Charlie. well over 10 years now. Um, so I was around that time anyway. And I wanted to establish myself in the Australian team as a test player. So I pulled out um, and didn't play. So right. I was pretty happy with that decision. Um, and then I came back from my injury in 2011. And then I started playing um, in the IPL. So it was quite hard, actually, because that was our six-week holiday. Mm. We'd play like – it was almost two months in, in IPL. So your holiday was gone. So as a bowler, you need that bit of break. Yes. Um, well, we all do. We, we all need it. But, mate, the money. <laughs> What's the auction it's process? The boys, like? would, the boys would give you a, a bit of shit. It'd be like, oh, so – Yeah, because they get put, to see how much you're making. Well, they get to see what you're making. Um and they watched the auction while it was happening. We were in South Africa one year. So everyone knows, oh, you got a million bucks. Like, is is that what it is? What you get bought at auction is what you get paid. Is that what it is? Yep. For oh, six weeks. I, I don't know. I didn't know yeah. that. Like, but I, you, get, you get taxed half of it. Correct. But that's right. you try and, you try right. and find a way to um, yeah, 
get that deal a bit better, but you can't. You can't. Um, what's that, that? What's that experience like? India's a crazy cricketing yeah. nation. Crazy. Mate, I've amazing. had some people tell me about you know you get fifty people down at a cricketing uh, exhibition down here. Yep. You get fifty thousand in Calcutta. Well, or Delhi or wherever. Yeah, I played in front of one hundred and ten thousand in Calcutta. Crazy. Um, you can't. You can't hear yourself think. Um, no, it's an amazing experience. I had my my best mate Dylan on the phone once. On FaceTime, I was coming out of the elevator in, in Mumbai and the hotels, they um, section off so the, the public can't get too close. Yes. And I came out of the elevator and I said, have a look at this. And everyone like starts cheering and I was like, and they just go nuts. Like, so you are like a rock star over there. Yeah. It's, it's insane. Um, look, it's, it's, it's quite hard because you can't really go outside, to be honest. We, there was a couple of places we'd sort of go and have a coffee or you'd find a place to escape to but yeah generally like as soon as you walk outside someone notices you it's just pure numbers right so um a great experience tallest like, guy as well so you yeah, stand out you do stand out but it was a great experience and um yeah that's uh the mumbai wing at my house uh, they call it the front <laughs> balcony that's what the boys used to say um but it's 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 it was great for a lot of reasons it was great because some guys that uh, were sort of on the fringe of playing. They got the opportunity to go and play and get some experience and play with different guys from yeah. different countries. And even myself, like, even when I finished playing cricket, right, I was still learning. I was still, you know, you're still learning every day and anything that you do. But I still was learning so much and I was learning off guys that, like Boomer. Boomer came in at the end, back end of my career and I was learning from him. So obviously he was learning from me, but I was also learning a lot from him, like being a young guy and just being raw. And um, so yeah, you do you do get some great experiences from it, and I got some great great mates there, and um, always um, try and keep in touch with a few of them. But um, yeah, I've, I, I always always get a fair bit of uh, attention when I when I mention Virat as well. So um, I don't mind stirring the pot there. Did you play with him? I didn't play with him, but. Um, against always him. against yeah, always had a great contest against him. When you play against the best players, it's that's that's why you play. Like you want to be up against the the very best, and um, yeah, that's what I enjoyed about cricket um, was was doing that. And, and he's a competitor. That's what makes him yeah. the best, right? Yep. And that's why people don't like him in terms of well, if you're competing against him, like he's trying to beat you. So well, that's this is the conversation we used to have. It's like he's a guy you have in your team. You want him in your team, yeah, pick not him. just because he's the Good. best player. Like it's the way he goes about it. Yeah. And again, like I said, I overstood the line. Uh, over um, went over the line a couple of times. You know, with a bit of sledging and that here and there, and you you push the limits. And he does the same thing. Um, and sometimes you go, oh, what a wanker! But it's like you want him in your side. You want yeah. someone that fights. Yeah. Ben Stokes was the same guy. Like in his first Test match, he almost got bloody we um, smashed into each other. So yeah, I bowled a ball, it went down leg, and he's flicked it, and he's watching the ball, and I'm like watching the ball, and I was sort of like, and then he's like run straight into me, and I sort of like just before he ran into me, I sensed he was going to like hit me. So Queensland, I sort of Queenslander like just flashes into the odds. Well, <laughs> you just like tense up, don't you? Yeah. And then it was on, like we were at each other, and we um we had to go and see the match referee afterwards, but we got off because it wasn't intentional, like we, but that's what I. I actually enjoyed that side of it. You respect that. I respected that he didn't back down as well. Yeah, I thought you know, Fires good on you, mate. Like your first test, yeah. like yeah, it's a bit cheeky, but it's like 
at least you know what you're getting. He's a good player. Good on him. What's the um, different... So, obviously, a lot of different cultures that you're playing against, England, India, South Africa. Do they have, like, different styles in their sort of sledging approach? Like, yeah. are there... I imagine... I feel like Virat, like, is, he really gets into it, but he just seems polite. I don't know. He's like, not polite. <laughs> no. You get the you get the Hindi words. Yeah, we, we used to learn all the bad Hindi words. So. Really? Yeah. We, a few of those. That's, that's why, like, when it gets reported that our oh, teams are like they're saints, it's, it's not true. Like, all teams say something at some point. There's always something going on. And you know, he gets into it, like, yeah. So he's not... He's not, not just a nice guy. He's, right. yeah. I think it's time for social media. If you got no Sounds more, um, before, actually, before we get there, yeah, and before we do get there, you finish with. But I, we're going to do this again because yeah. I've, got, I've got. Yeah, I'm happy to. No, I've, I've got. I've, I don't think I've I even ne- scratched the surface. I never liked talking, but it's all right now. Okay, that's <laughs> good. <laughs> good. And then, when you're in the media, good, like it's, it's something that you got to do. I think if you're in the right <laughs> environment, talking's good. Yeah, because you can give yeah, you yeah. insight and perspective, yeah. and and. St- it's when it's when you're on the other end and people are commenting about your performance or or your yeah. your 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 benefit to the team or where it starts being difficult to get in front of people and talk right yeah beforehand yep. what do you got for him what is and going out on a limb here what is the name um or Dino does Dino <laughs> ring a bell to you uh, there was a guy Dino um, played club cricket no nah, so this is that uh, this is uh, I went out on a limb here uh, BP Padbury. Um, oh, yeah, yeah. You yeah. know Dino? Yeah, yeah. Ask Actually or not? Yeah, yeah, Dino, yeah. He's, um, uh, what is he? Must be in his 50s, I think. Oh, yeah, he's, he's in his 70s. That, so he'd be very happy oh, with maybe, that. Yeah. But uh, he looks younger. That's my dad. He, he's been mentioning how you, you come oh, in. Oh, really? He has good chats with you. Cause, oh. um, you go to BP Padbury and you are served by Dino. Yeah. Dan's dad, Dino. Just the other day. Yeah, always chat. He's put yeah. into a group message from us that you guys are very, very close, yeah. good mates. Well, we always talk, yeah. yeah. Always make sure. My dad is right. the sort of guy as well who who would just like to give bits of advice. Like if he saw Scoy out in public, he'd say, "Hey, mate, next time you play, this is when you play. Yeah. Maybe try this." Like he, he's, <laughs> it's very good. I was just there before I came actually, and one of the Indian guys was. Um, he said, "Oh, what's that thing that you're doing with the questions?" Oh, very so good. For this. Mate, and he I've asked got... me a question. It was um, uh, who is who is your who would you like to bowl against in today's game? Who would it be? What what Indian player? There you go. That's a good social question. media. I, there and, you and, go. And, and I said all of them. They're all they're all too easy these days. <laughs> <laughs> Mate, I've got to be honest. Social media. Look, we've seen some big guests across our time running social media, and this has been going for about ten years. It's one of the biggest podcasting sports show segments worldwide. I know you've played in front of some big crowds in India. You've got a big audience, but I'm social nervous. media is the big time thing. We put. It out to the question, uh, out to the people to ask the questions, and I've got to be honest, we've never had a reaction like we have with Miss Johnson. Yours, yours has gone fucking bananas. <laughs> when you, you know Absolutely, like, when you slide on a phone and you're just losing track of letters, like you just Charlie over here. He's a good man. He, he's a hard worker. You've been busy scrolling through these, have that you not? Took me a long time <laughs> to get through that. Could be that called. Was, yeah. I, I, I bet you the percentage of like the Indian sort of Pakistani. Yeah, probably no, a, I'd yeah. say it's 80%. Fair, it's pretty maybe. high, pretty high. Okay, I have no idea, obviously. They're passionate fans. They, they are, they yeah, actually are. very good. They're big fans. They are very supportive. All right, so basically here we get the people to ask the questions to you, give the people to interact. It's a great segment, social media. I'm, and again, I'm sure you've heard about it. I yeah. mean, on your travels. You, oh, well, social media, I can't wait. Well, well you, did, um, you, did. you did a few 
few of my friends recently. Um, Very good. Yeah. The Green Reaper lads. Green Reapers and uh, Big Josh as well. Big Joshy Garlop. Yeah. He's a good man, Joshy Garlop. Now, let's kick it off. Mark. By Lake Alamity. Blakely. Okay. Who's, uh, who do you support in the AFL and why is it West Coast? <laughs> who do you go for? Uh, I'd say when I, when I first moved here, it was um, I met Pav um, early on. So it was like, oh, I'm happy to go for Frio. And I had, that, I had friends. Happy with that. Well, yeah, I don't now. Cool. I'd rather go for West Coast, to be honest. But <laughs> happy with it that, Charlie? Because, uh, it was only because loose. of Pav and I'd met him and he was a nice guy. So I was like, well. So... Uh, probably West Coast. If I'm doesn't sound very strong. Well, when I was when I was in Queensland, it was Essendon. I don't know Makes why. Sense. Maybe that was on TV. They were like uh, Lloydy. Yep. Used to like watching him throw the grass up. Yeah. You got a bit of Bounty Lloyd about you, actually. Coming yeah, off the right. long run, long socks up. Yeah. Tucked in. Yeah. Right. Big I, handlebar. <laughs> I played. I actually played for the Cool Benia Bombers as well oh. for my young. So I'm pretty much whoever. On the day, if you had you to, you a good game. I'll go West Coast. Go. West Coast. I know yeah. a couple of the West Coast guys. We'll I've met a few. We'll guys just guys. fucking get you out of here if you're not West Coast. Doug Dot Willison. Um, how is the whole? Are these supposed to be quick answers? By the way, no, no, no. You do your thing. You can mate. rapid fire if you want. Thing, up to you. How is the whole SAS Australia experience? Uh, intense, yeah. Um, so, I've never wanted to do TV, um, and this opportunity came up. I'd watched the series in the UK, and so I knew about it before they even rang me so i was um i was all over it um and yeah so i i, I like i said when i left school I, I looked at joining the army um big army barracks in, in townsville and so that was sort of always sort of there um and i've got a when i actually came uh when my injury in 2011 i went to the the mill gym it's run by xsas um guys and and one of the guys uh nick caldwell um, so I, I got to know him pretty well, worked with him, um, got myself back and always interested in his stories. You know, I, I don't ask a lot, but actually had him on the Grin Reapers once, um, talking about a few things. And so that sort of, I guess, knowing him and, um, when the opportunity came up, I was like, yeah. And, and I knew that it wasn't going to be produced. The only produced part of it would, it is sort of the, um, the way that they sort of piece it at the end. So you're 24-7 filmed. Mm. So they're filming you like... So then, um, yeah, they'll basically put a story together because you have to for TV, right? So, um, but yeah, everything that was on there was genuine. Like it was... How did you find that mentally? Uh, I was mentally cooked. Um, I, I got off my meds at the time as well because I wanted to go in, you know, as me. Um so I was probably six months off meds because we originally were going to shoot it in New Zealand and we we're over there. And then COVID hit, so we had to come back home and then we weren't sure when it was going to film. And so we sort of waited around for a little bit and then, yeah, sort of over about six months. Um, so I trained a lot. I was training twice a day, walking through the streets with backpacks and boots. Well, yeah. I was all in black, like had a couple of cars sort of go slowly past it. You know, sort of 11, 12 at night. That'd be I terrifying. wondering what I was going to do. Like, <laughs> but I had like 30, 35 kilos in my backpack and walking around for a few hours. Excuse my ignorance. How did you go? Overall? Yeah. Uh, I didn't last too long. Um, I actually, I came out on the um, on a thing that I should have been fine at. It was a log. We were carrying the log. Um, and I just, yeah, just went, no. Nah, I can't. It. Had enough. Yeah, had enough. There was a few things that were going on, but... Um, it was a great experience, and the guys that ran it for um, 
UK guys, um, ex-SF guys. Um, I'd read all their books going in and um, really interesting guys. They've all been through their stuff. and yeah. So it was just great to be able to keep in touch with them now and yeah, sort cool. of ask a few questions. And So, yeah, it was um, as genuine as can be. Like uh, I, I wouldn't do anything. I've been asked to do a heap of other shows and I'm like, You'd have to pay me probably some serious money for that. You were, you were I didn't get paid much for that. I, 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 I didn't. I wasn't about the money for me. Huh. So I pretty much went. I, I loved I didn't watch your series. I watched the next one. And yep. I just loved the mental aspect. It's, yeah. People would watch it and think, oh, they're flogging, you know, they're being mean. Or they're, Who's in your season yeah. again? It, it is mental. Um, yeah, but, it's all, but, 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 but they, they go hard at you. But yeah. then they have those sessions, and and it's a it's about messaging around mental health. It is. I don't know if people see that, but it's a mental health. Show. So the mirror room is the best thing yeah. on that show. Like they pick you apart. People, a bit, yeah, people actually will start to relax because you are tired. They pull you out of your room generally at the time mm. when you don't expect it. You're just falling asleep, or and you're stuffed. You know, you're not much food, all that stuff. You've been smashed all day. So we'd done a few of those kind of camps when we're um, when I first. Uh, Went into the Australian team, 06, we had a camp like for four days, very yep. similar. So, yeah, look, it was um, yeah, amazing experience, but um, I, I I'd, love do do I'd love to yeah. do it. I'd love to do it. We're going to go to, to Connor, the Channel 7 producers. We're going to go, yeah, hello, Connor Morrissey Music. Uh, what did James Anderson say to George Bailey to make you need to break his arm? Oh, uh, <laughs> see, this is, um, this is funny because I wasn't the one that said it. I always get... I get people that say that. They're like, oh, you, you said this, blah, blah, blah. It's just taking it too far. So I wasn't actually one that said that comment. It was Michael Clark. I never said I was going to break his arm. Maybe in my Michael head. Clark maybe head. In my I head, I, I thought that. Um, Did he then give you the directive to break his arm? Well, he said it pretty loud. Everyone <laughs> could hear it. Uh, but I, um, George, George was sitting there under the, uh, under the helmet. He was loving it because this is his first like test, his first Ashes series. He's like... He's like a little kid in the candy store. Like he was just so like this big smile on his face. Anyway, um, yeah, this Jimmy's building and silly. Yeah, yeah. So Jimmy could see that he was like smiling. He may have said something like, "Oh, how good is this, Jimmy?" Like, anyway, Jimmy didn't like it. <laughs> he said, "Shut the fuck up!" Like, why are you talking? Like, why are you smiling? Like, he didn't like it. So then that's how it sort of all kicked off. That's great. There you go, Stefan underscore one zero three nine. Uh, people say it's part of sport, but how mentally damaging can criticism on social media be? I see players take five for one week and then, then the GOAT and zero and 80 the next mm. to then be told they should never play again. Yeah, I mean, it's hard. Like um, like I said before, like you, you, people making comments on your performance and, and sometimes not knowing exactly what's you know what the plan was in that game or in that, in that session, what you were trying to do. So... You have a look at it. It's it's generally like a couple of comments, and if you're on social media, you're flicking through. There's so many great comments. I oh, know. Keep your keep your head up, or you did really well. Like then there's one comment or two comments, and you just go, "All right, that's the ones I'm going after." <laughs> I still do it now. Like I'll, I don't know. It's just something I I enjoy a bit of that conflict still. Do um, you reply to him? Yeah. Oh yeah. Um, a, you should put him on the list to follow. Oh no, him. I'm not. A, I, I could be could be abusive, but I try to. Do it in a hey, reasonable. It's reasonable funny manner when, until when it gets to the point where it's like, shut the fuck up. Like, <laughs> it's enough. Like, <laughs> what what I've heard and just from you know guests going on the podcast is when the moment like someone actually responds to it, the person who's originally posted is like, oh shit, like, and really humanizes the person, and then they feel bad. And we've heard times where people have messaged the next day like, hey man, sorry, I like 
I had a few beers. And, yeah. yeah. Yeah, but the thing is, like, messaging gets interpreted any way that you interpret it with whatever mood you're in as a person. So you know what it was like when you'd have a fight with your, with your wife or your partner or uh, over a text message and one of you is probably like, okay, like it's just... <laughs> yeah, yeah, and it's they've seen it the other way. Like, yeah. you know what I mean? Like, can it, be interpreted. it loses yeah, any sort of get, context. It does, there's no matter. context. Like, yeah. So it's really hard. I think um, it's quite dangerous. I, I'm not really a fan of social media, um, to be honest. I'm not on Twitter. Got off that because that was real toxic and I couldn't... I actually couldn't handle it. Like, Twitter's it was just too much. Like, because there was no way you could get your point across, and I was trying to get my point across. Yeah, it's a it's losing like, battle. I'm not getting anywhere with this. So, huh. um, and I sort of look back and go, "Well, what's the point in getting involved in that?" You know, like, yep. I, I'm trying to well, make Twitter better. Like, it's not going to happen. Before Before we go to the next question, because you brought it up a few times, like if you were to get zero for something, and you know, people don't understand. The yeah. sort of strategy around it. Oh, sometimes it was shit. You're Can you? Shit. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so it's all right. It's like, bowling pie. It's, no, it's always for the team. Yeah. Every time I took no weekers, yeah. I was just looking after the uh, team, making all these excuses. <laughs> what What would be some of those tactics that people don't understand? So obviously, you know, as a viewer, you think like just bowl them out every time. But how much goes into this the strategy and planning, like bowling in certain areas, and then and then like pulling the trigger on something? Well, that's the thing. Yeah, it's not just bowl it straight at the stumps, like. It's you're coming up against players that have got the same skills or better. Like it, it comes down to your mental side and how you've prepared, what you've, all the work that you've done looking at um, footage, um, and how you're going to set someone up, having those kind of plans in place. So you might go through a game. You got to you got to adapt as well. Like it, sometimes a player might play a bit differently to what you've been seeing on a on a computer screen. So you've got to adapt like on the spot and sort of pick that up pretty quickly in a game. So sometimes you might just go, all right, he's playing it pretty well on the off stump here. Um, I've just got to bowl fourth, fifth stump line and just be boring. Like, that's the team. That's what the team needs, you know, at this time. We've just got to do that. Yeah. Um, it's just things like that. Like, I, I, I remember uh, in 08 against South Africa, it was Sydney and uh, Smith, Graham Smith came out. I, bust, I broke his hand in that game. He came out with um, it all plastered up and... He was batting at the end of the game because he wanted to save the match. Yeah. And it was pretty courageous because his hand was stuffed. Like, he couldn't hold the bat, really. And sort of bowling, and there was still a fair bit of a, a crowd there, but you could hear people yelling out stuff, like, just bowl it at the stumps, you know, like those kind of things. And it's like you start to think, oh, am I doing the wrong thing here because that person said it. So <laughs> it's really difficult to just get your – Focus and go, no, this is what I need to do. I need to like set him up before I try and go for that glory ball because they know exactly what you're trying to do. It's not like... You just bowl the stumps every time. And stand in front if of it was that easy, I mean, everyone would be playing. Like, Dan yeah. would be playing. I could have oh. if I wanted to. How, so, how, so what's the longest then? Like sort of, eight, Is it like eight overs in advance? Are you planning stuff or is it more like... Uh, yeah, it can be. Like, I mean, I sort of... I got to the point where, and Glenn McGrath taught me this and spoke about it a lot, he'd sort of know his over in advance what he wanted to do. So he'd sort of have that over there and then he'd be onto the next over. But each ball at a time type of thing, you know, at the top of your mark, you know what you want to do. So sometimes, yeah, you're setting up a guy for, it could be, it could be three balls. But there's some guys, yeah, you're setting them up for a couple of overs, three overs, four overs. That's where you need your guy at the other end to um, do his job as well. If he's not, dotting it up at the other end. If he's getting hit for runs, 
then that sort of plan at the other end sort of goes away because they can just sit on you for a bit longer then. So the pressure goes away. Yeah, so it's it's you've got to work in tandem, you've got to work as a partnership and yeah, sometimes it can take longer than you than you hope or that you sort of thought of in your plans. So um yeah, that's what I loved about test cricket because it wasn't always the same. Conditions were always different. They changed over days. Now you go to Lords and Lords is the slope at Lords is like that. And like that's another whole new ball game because you you've got to Think about where you're pitching the ball now because if you pitch it too far towards uh, the leg side of a, a left-hander, it's just going to like <laughs> roll, down, go, the roll down the hill or, or whatever. So it's all those things, yeah. Um, nah, you, um, you're cut no, off. No, 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 social no. media, mate. You don't get to just take social media over. One of the best worldwide go, go to the next one. Alex, double underscore Paul with a double L. I love everything about your username. Um, <laughs> Mitch, did you rate the sports bra Australia tops from 2011 to 2012 because your refusal to wear one for a press conference got me in some trouble? Yeah, I'm tr- I, I looked at this, I saw this one, and I'm, trying, I'm really confused. I'm thinking Alex may have worked for Cricket Australia or... or did or you refuse to wear a sports bra? What, what sports bra are you talking? What sports bra Australia tops? Is it? Is it? Was it like the the design? Like the GPS thing in it or something? Well, there was what the GPS thing. I know. I, I never enjoy. I was never a fan of wearing the GPS. I hardly wore it. Like I'd say, oh, no, I've got to do my stretches on my back, and it's like too tight. It gets really hot. Oh, there we go. One of those Charlie's GPS. Yeah, the GPS thing. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Um, Did you? Use I wasn't. I wasn't really for sports science, to be honest. Like, <laughs> I think like that it has its place. Um, I, I definitely think there's some good stuff that you can get from it. I know there was a lot of talk about you know the AFL guys wearing it, footy guys. You know, there's all sports that are doing it. But where I used to get the issues, we never really get that feedback as well. So it's like, why am I wearing it if I'm not getting any feedback? So they've started to do that a lot more, I, I think. Um, you know, what's your optimal, like, run-up speed, things like that. But uh, the thing I get is I like a little bit of it. I think it's it's good in the sport. But I think um, you sort of heart your soul, um, what's up here, like, thinking outside the square, like, all that stuff doesn't get measured. And that's, for me, is like I said, just explaining before, like, the game changes daily. It changes, like, a, by ball, you know, ball by, by ball, ball sometimes. Like, it's... So all that stuff is you can't judge that on sports science. So I get that they're trying to get the best performance out of you. Um, but this is the other issue as well. It's sort of what we've just seen through this test series is there's a couple of guys that have missed out. Like uh, Richardson, I don't know if this is going to be the right example or not. They said he had a bit of a calf soreness or whatever. Um, I love how you've done these ones because well, I, so I looked at the same thing. Uh, is he sore? Is I, he and sore? I just said this the other day. I said, look what's happened. Boland's come in and taken his opportunity. Now Richardson's like back of the he's, – he's behind – well, he's going to be behind Hazelwood. Yeah. So Boland – it's going to be Hazelwood, Boland. And you've got Richardson and Nisa. Nisa's mm. even further back now. May not play again. So that's where I get a bit funny about it. Like, oh, we're going to rest players for this and looking at your data and – I don't know. You're probably a bit different on that because it's probably been around no, absolutely a lot not. longer. Or I'm not? exactly the same as you. Yeah, like I uh, had a great relationship with our fitness staff and our yeah. sports scientists. Yep. Loved, loved what they do because there was a lot of benefits to it. But yeah. me personally, how I prepared, 
uh, I got the best out of myself by the competition and by mental preparation about how I was going to sledge someone and how I was going to physically beat yep. them. It wasn't about how many 200s I did on how many kilometres I yeah, ran out. Agreed. It, I never was about that. But some guys were. Yeah, you, you I know, yeah, 100%. And yep. I'm not going to say, oh, everyone had to be like me, but that's how I was, and I think you're probably similar to that. But um, I think it's like you say, you yeah. have a good relationship with your fitness guy, and they, they understand you, and mm. then you deal with it like you work yeah. together. Warren but they get, they get the pressure from higher ups. That's the problem. Warren Cofed, one of the best in the business at West Coast. A couple more here. Um, I think we should – we got three to we go. Need, we need one question about Scott Bowen before we finish, but keep going. You cannot take the <laughs> fuck over social media. I don't know what you fucking think this Still is. Still what this I isn't do. fucking Constal Media. <laughs> Should be. Fucking hell. All right. Shannon Blake, 94, please. What was it like playing under Michael Clark? Feels like he was cricket's punching bag. Uh, so I've said this a few times now. Where I thought Michael Clark was a very good captain on the field with um, the sort of field changes and, and sort of how he went about um, knowing the role of his players. I think he's very good in that, that sort of aspect. He had Shane Warne, he was under his wing uh, when he first came on the scene and, and Warne, he's got a great cricket mind. So he had a, a very good sort of cricket mind, uh, Clarkie. Um, and it's not to take away from, from what Ricky did as well. Ricky always had a lot of belief in his players, um, but just a very different, not as aggressive uh, with his field, I guess at times. Um, was but he was always the guy. Uh, Ricky was always the guy that was the first and last, sort of at the ground. You know, like he would be at training, he'd give you throwdowns as a bowler. Like I remember in South Africa, like getting like throwdowns for half an hour with him, because um, he wanted the best out of his players. Lords, I was bowling like a pile of junk, but he kept coming up and going, "Mate, you're doing a good job. Like just keep keep getting better here. Like just keep working. We're right behind you." So he was always trying to like um, make you get better. I guess in a way, like even when you're going through a tough time, he always wanted you to improve. And was Clarky different? Clarky was very different. Yeah, it wasn't wasn't so much like that. It was just business on the field type of thing. And off the field both have their strengths though. Like yeah, I oh, definitely both, both I, ways. I, just different, but good. It's very different. Yeah. Um, so yeah. All right. Um, I got two more. I'm going to finish on uh, the three nine eight uh, Dean Sadler underscore. Love your work, Mitch. By far my fave player. There you go. Congratulations, Mitch. Uh, my question is life with ADHD and your advice. It's broad. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I don't know. Like, I just sort of, over the last couple of years, I've just, um, just knowing that I've got it, being able to um, have that knowledge and sort of not feel like there was anything really wrong with me. It's just me. Um, I don't care what other people think, to be honest. Like, I'm happy sort of talking about it now. Like, I think that's actually going on the SAS, SAS show was the best thing for me. Like, you asked how I went on it. I said, well, I actually think I won in a lot of ways because I was able to talk about all those type of things that people don't really want to talk about. Um, yeah, so um, I think just talking about it's a good thing. Um, just being open. I don't know if that stigma with ADHD is really there. I don't know. I'm... I'm it's really hard for me to judge that kind of stuff because being in the public eye, I don't know if people are always genuine towards me, um, if that makes any sense. Um, yeah, well, you're, you're a public celebrity that people just think, oh, you know, they hear it and they want it, they think that you can just talk about it and it's it's a, it's sometimes not real, sometimes. Yeah, yeah. 
Um, the thing is, I've never made it as an excuse either. Like I've always just got on with it. Like it's, um, it's just part of me. Um, I've, it's it's actually, it's just me. So I've just just live with it, and um, I do um, go and see someone about it uh, when I feel like I, I need to be on top of things and have a good good um, amount of people around me. Is the um, advice family, be yourself? Family and friends. Be yourself. I think so. Yeah. 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 Don't be. Don't be trying to shirk it nah. for yourself. It's good. All right, last one. Some very, very important listener, Mitch Johnson, three nine eight. Before you ask the question, where's the three nine eight come from, Mitch? My playing number. I was actually so. I was oh gonna, yeah, right. I, I have Silly. to do it next time, but I was going to bring the baggy green in. All right, and, next um, time I'm going to yeah, hold you to that. Three nine eight is my test playing number. We can hang it on the trophy. <laughs> we can hang it on Dan's trophy. Yeah. Bit of disrespect to the trophy, but <laughs> that's right. Was there an um with with is there a special thing for being four hundred? Was that like a big deal for people for the team? Like no. just because it's a milestone. I didn't number? Ask that for it. No, that's Brad Haddon. Is it? Yeah, but so it certainly wouldn't have been a big deal because we nah, keepers, keeper, even though keepers they give shit, they can take shit. Nah, keepers, uh, keepers are on the bowler side. They, they they go to the batsman as well, but they're more of a. They uh, love the bowlers. Mitch Johnson three nine eight for the very last question. Did from you really himself. use a horsehair brush like in Blades <laughs> of Glory to tame your luscious mo? Tell me about the mo and were you were you were you brushing that thing like you were looking after a family, a child? Definitely not. It was <laughs> it was disgusting, eh? What happened? Um, what happened? So we always did it as bowlers. We'd always do it for Movember, right? We'd do the mo. Peter Siddle. Used to try and grow one. Sorry, he had the dodgiest one you'll ever see. Well, bit yeah. of ranger, bit of ranger in yeah, it. Maybe. Well, it's very. He had to get a bit of texture in there just to darken it up. Patchy, very. Uh, but I won't say the word of what I'm, what we used to sort of say, but extremely dodgy. Okay, let's just say that. Very good. Um, so yeah, we used to we used to we used to grow it, and I just got back into the team, and I said to Jess, my wife, I said, oh, I don't really want to do it this year. Like November always approaches, and I mean, it's a great, um, great idea for us to do it because we're, you know, in the public eye and we're going to be seen like as a bowler. Your face is right up there, and yeah. so it's great to be able to do it. It's a great talking point. And she goes, "Oh, just do it. Like, how hard is it to grow a mo?" Like, I said, "Oh, yeah, I guess so." So coming from someone who's never tried to grow a mo, well, I, I, I could grow that okay, um, but I'd never done the, the big handlebar one, whatever they call it, horseshoe, whatever you want to call it, handlebar. And I thought oh, I'll just give that a crack. Anyway, it was a bit dodgy at the start, but anyway, as it, took, it sort of went on the ashes, and um, I'm trying to raise a bit of money, and we sort of got towards the back end of the month, and the boys like, "You can't shave it." Shane Watson's like, "Mate, you can't shave that now. Like, that's actually, that's you. That's your like, power. This is your yeah. That's your power, basically. <laughs> yeah, this is it. Off, like, mate. I said, mate, I've got to shave it. Like, it's just part of the the deal, you know. So then I sort of thought about it, and I went, well. I'll keep it on for the summer. This is my idea. I'll keep it for the summer, but I need to raise like up close to, or try and get 50 grand. So I came out, I don't know if it was on Twitter or somewhere on social media or I did it in a in an interview, but I came out and I said, look, I'll keep the mo if I can raise 50 grand. So basically um, today's show, they, they came on board, big Carl Stefanovic. I had to do little um, pieces with him like every now and then. Like just to say how things going, how the mo, like all that kind of crap. So you're sitting back in some sort of lounge room, combing it. Pretty much, yeah. Just like, got to, had to maintain it after, you know. Uh, I think Gillette got on board as well, so we, we got close to that fifty grand. But at the end, I had to shave it. So 
Kept it in good good condition. I think I might have shampooed it once or twice, just to, <laughs> so it wasn't too stinky. Because um, you can get tell. it nice it's and right soft. There. Yeah. Um, the wife wasn't too you know keen on it, but um, so we had to shave it like on live TV, Today Show, and Jess was doing it, and it was with one of those new razors that had the vibrating thing going on with it as well. But you had to have that on, otherwise it wasn't going to cut properly. So we're just about to start and she didn't like know that she had to press the button and she started to shave and it was ripping my face. And I'm like going, oh, it's ripping my face. And the hairdresser that was there, she's like, oh, you just got to switch that on, love. Like, <laughs> and my face was getting ripped apart live on TV. <laughs> so we got that. We got it done. And they basically had to um, – they collected all the all my whiskers, right? Where are what? This is where it gets really bad. Like – um, and they put it in um they put it in like the urn, and they auctioned it off. As the ashes. Yeah, so someone's got it out there on their little side table. Charlie, is that you? Do you have that on your? Oh, t- I think I'll tell you what I wish I did. Two and a half, three grand, I think we got for it. Gosh, wow! So someone I'm being like Mitch Johnson's moustache in an yeah. urn on their coffee I table. I can have probably glued it on. I've either glued it on or that oh. you know that. I feel like some weird pain sometimes, you know, like <laughs> touching me or really sort of stuff. Or I don't know. It's a bit bit creepy, but it was good for the, the cause. Very good, mate. Um, <laughs> mate, this has been unreal. We appreciate it. We're going to do it again. Yes, yeah, um, You know where we are now. Uh, appreciate your time, mate. It's been yeah, thanks. great Thanks. I appreciate journey. it. It's great chatting to you and plenty more to talk about. So Correct. I'll tell you later. about when I shaved my beard off for charity and um, Bo Waters did it, not my wife. There you go. We've got new social handles before we go. Social handles, backchat, double underscore, because we love underscore so much. Sammy back, loves it. Backchat, double underscore. Sammy, a graphic designer, not happy with it. You know <laughs> what, Sammy? It's happening, mate. Backchat, underscore, underscore. That's on Instagram, Twitter, Reddit. It's backchat podcast, I believe. Still a little... Uh, we're going to rip oh, Reddit, that yeah, ba- yeah. Reddit. R slash backchat podcast. You can sign up to our YouTube channel. You've got to subscribe to that. That'll help us a lot. Maybe some of your fans can do that, Mitch. That'd be nice. Do you play um, this is fantasy football? No. no. All right. All right. Well, maybe Mitch can sign up to our fantasy <laughs> got, football league got, because he'll be a fucking easy beat. We've got a league. There you go. <laughs> yep. I'll get into it. We've got a fantasy league. Probably. So you want to get involved in that, you've got to sign up to our Patreon, which is on our website, backchatpodcast.com.au. You can find all the details there. You can get the league code there. What am I missing here? Hello at backchatpodcast.com.au is our email. So if you want to send it and we read it, Mm-hmm. We're going to do that. What about you? Anything you want to shout out before you go? You got any businesses? You got no. any plugging? No. No, I don't. He's played IPL for 10 years, Dan. He doesn't need to plug <laughs> yeah. shit, mate. He's got the Mumbai wing. <laughs> the Mumbai Indian wing, yeah. Very good. Been a pleasure. See you next week. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code Buttery. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact... 
you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com.